Welcome back to the MCU in Review Podcast. Hey, we review the MCU old and new. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MCU in Review. That is one word, ladies and gentlemen, MCU in Review. Give us a like, a comment, and let us know what you think of the show. Hey, you can reach out to us on our Facebook group. It's a meme central. I love it. It's awesome. Join us on Facebook, MCU in Review, just like the podcast title. We do live broadcasts from time to time, so check us out over there. Hey, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available. I am one-third of your host, Brandon, and I am joined by two-thirds of my hosts, Emmy and Clinton. How are you guys? I'm feeling thunderful! Did you say thunderful? No, I said thunderful with an F. Oh, Like fun and wonderful. Oh, wow. It's a nice combination of words. Thank you. I'm feeling intergalactic planetary. Intergalactic, intergalactic. <laughs> it only took three seconds of the podcast before I threw a musical reference. Okay, that's cool. I, I love that song. I threw the musical reference, by the way. Oh, excuse me. When I sung a song, because I yeah, heard it. Yeah, that's usually me. That's all right, guys. And this, by the way, this movie that we're reviewing, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So many songs. I, I did. Okay, we talked about the soundtrack a little bit when we uh, discussed um, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I gotta ask, Emmy, I maybe not as much, but did you rotate this soundtrack a lot? I so this one was lesser known for me. I feel like as a whole, after the movie came out, like it was one that had to grow on me, but now that it's grown on me, I love absolutely every single song on the soundtrack. Especially, I've got to say, uh Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra. Yes. Is one of my favorite songs of all time. If I'm feeling blue and need to feel a little more blue sky, (laughs) then I can throw this on. It will be played at my wedding. It's so, so it's so fun. It's so happy. It's such a great, great song. And I, I, I really want to get into that one as well, because that's <clears> the entire opening sequence. But before we do, this movie came out in 2017. The only reason I sound so confident is because I confirmed it with Emmy and Clinton before we went on the air. Um, so 2017, 2020, we smaller and smaller that gap gets, I, I feel like. So we don't really have much time to change our minds. But I, I will um, I will start and then I'll go to Clinton. Clinton, but 2017 um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I, I remember thinking that, hey, this this movie is, it was really one of my most anticipated because Guardians, the first one was so fresh, so vivid to me. I One of my top five, absolutely obsessed with it. And uh, yeah, maybe a top six. <laughs> and uh, it was it was wonderful. It was a whole new world. A whole new um, it was Ain't a da- life wonderful. It was a dazzling place I never knew. Um, and it was this going into this movie, I was really, really hyped up. I left this movie getting choked up once, and it was a really intense scene. Um, we might all have that scene on our list. Um, and thinking, you know, I really, really love this movie. I don't know if I like it as much as the first one, but I really like this movie. And so th- I hope that doesn't sound like I'm. Oh man, it's not as good as the first. I to me sometimes the intro into a world is more fascinating than revisiting the world. Um and I think sometimes that is powerful for me is oh, I got to meet Groot for the first time, or Rocket or Peter Quill as Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax. Um so this movie 
wonderful revisiting the characters. I thought they just kept that pace going right along. I never thought that it was lesser than the first movie. I just think I enjoyed the first one because it was that intro into this world, into these characters. Um, I won't lie. There's some daddy issues <laughs> there's uh, in this movie. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like this movie hits me hard because if you don't have the strongest relationship with your father, it's going to hit you hard in certain ways. Um, and I think that played with my emotions a little bit too, but not in a bad way. So uh, emotionally I was really invested in this movie as well, but um, overall great movie, happy to watch it and a uh, really, really fun time. So Clinton, I'll switch it over to you. What was your thoughts of guardians of the galaxy volume two? Uh, Ooh. Then and now, huh? Then and now. Um, so I will say that I liked the first one better. Mm-hmm. There's, and I, I think to your point, for me, it is that it, the first one introduced us to that world, so it was exciting. But if you remember with the first one, I'm not, I w- I'm not blown away by guard. I love it, I yeah. enjoy it, but it's not like top five material for me. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, this one had some hiccups for me. And we'll talk about it, but um, it was still good movie. Overall, good movie. I love the soundtrack because you didn't ask me about it. You asked Emmy a second ago. You didn't ask me. That's that, that's so, no bitter feelings here. No, no, I don't hold on to anything. <laughs> no, but, and I actually apologize. I just remember talking to her about yeah, the soundtrack yeah, in the first podcast. Yeah, I well, I'm here too. So awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Only a sad tram- trombone will take away this awkward moment. And I will say. A redeeming quality about this one mm-hmm. is that it has Fleetwood Mac in it, and Fleetwood Mac is one of mm-hmm. my favorites. If you don't like Stevie Nicks, you're wrong. <laughs> I will, Renee and I, we will blast Fleetwood Mac's greatest hits constantly. Uh, the Chain, which is in this movie, yes, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Glenn, go for it. Dreams is my favorite. Uh, Dreams is a damn good song. Yes, yes. Yeah. What is y'all's favorite Fleetwood Mac song? Ooh. I feel like this is important. Oh gosh. Um, if I had to pick one, Amy, Amy's down here. Like who the hell is Fleetwood Mac? I better no, figure I this know, out real I know, fast. I know a lot of Fleetwood Mac songs, but the only one that's coming to mind right now is chains because it might actually be my favorite. It's or the chain. It's not chains. It's the chain, Emmy. All right. Gosh. All right. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, yeah. First mistake ever. <laughs> yeah. You've never made a mistake on this podcast. So I'm never happy. gotten anyone's name wrong. Right. And I'm, I'm very happy that this was the first time you ever did. So dreams is my favorite. Always will be. I don't know. I have a lot of childhood memories with, uh, that's one thing that resonates with me, I guess, with these movies, classic rock is what they use in these. I, I got, I got a lot, a lot on Fleetwood Mac's greatest hits. Like, like, yeah, there's a lot of good songs. That's, it's, that's a compliment to this band. I've got like three or four, but I know I'm going to get mad at myself. Cause I'm going to listen to this when I'm in the car and say, why didn't you say that one too? But go your own way, little lies and you make oh, loving go fun. Your own way is so good. Yeah. And you make loving fun. Uh, those three, uh, are absolute winners to me. Little lies is like a guilty pleasure Fleetwood Mac song. That is, yeah. And like, I'll, that song will come on KZ 106, which is our local uh, classic rock radio station. And I'll be like, oh, little lies. Okay. And then by the end of it, I'm like, Timmy lies, Timmy sweet lies. <laughs> I am all about it. Like if you can go the whole time, not listening to little lies, you're, you're a better man or a better woman than I. So I got to I got to compliment the movie for, for that, that reason. Mm-hmm. It's pure nostalgia and not like you can feel Peter Quill's nostalgia because for me, apparently 
I'm around the same age he is in these movies. Mm-hmm. And he was raised on classic rock. I was mm-hmm. raised on classic rock. So when I hear those those songs, yeah. it takes me back to being young and riding in the back of my car with the with riding in the back of the car with my parents. Mm-hmm. And they always played classic rock. So mm-hmm. I love classic rock. So these movies definitely. And they find the best way to fit them into the scenes, I think. Yes. They're fantastic. I, yes. wrote, I wrote down four in this movie, particularly where it hit me hard. So, yeah. But, yeah, I like the movie. It's it's kind of the same for me. Mm-hmm. I think I like the first one. I don't hate the movie. I'm not ecstatic about the movie, but it's a good movie. Um, this one had its hiccups for me, but it was a good movie. And it also, you know, obviously moves forward the plot of the mcu so it was good this one hit me in the feels like four times and i was shocked like well yeah i will say that that that's a good point this one gets you in your emotions more watching it this time i guess i expected it so i wasn't in my emotions as much but back when i watched it and it came out it does get a little more personal and in your feels than the first one did yeah, I think because of the foreshadowing of what happens, this one hit me harder. Yeah, uh, There's a scene with Drax. There's a scene with Gamora and Nebula. There's a scene with Peter and his father. And we'll go over all that, obviously, in an extent. Or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But I, I wrote down, because I kept having it happen so much in my notes, I put feels. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm because <laughs> I kept getting chills or I had a lump in my throat. One of the two during mm-hmm. those scenes. And it was really powerful. Uh, Emmy, 2017 to 2020, where are you at with this movie? Oh, it's, is it? I'm sorry. Is it finally my turn? You guys are both salty today. I don't <laughs> We took our. I song. took the time because I didn't get my time for the music. So. I, okay, yeah, that's okay. I, I think I, we're even now. Honestly, I, I get that. Okay. Welcome to bitter podcast hosts in review. Petty, petty, petty hosts. Petty. <laughs> All right. So in 2017, I absolutely loved and was floored by how incredible this movie was. I loved the characters, the music, the conflict, the action, the visuals, the character development in the story. Um, I absolutely loved the first as we talked about so i was a little skeptical but this for me blew the first one away in a good way mm-hmm. it's like they kept all the good stuff from the orig- original and like added to it to make it better i'm very excited to talk about it with you guys because i feel like we're kind of like i'm i think this is 100 better than the first and i didn't think that it could get better than the first <sighs> you know but it did it's yeah i'll let you keep yeah go for it sorry um, I watching it again now. I absolutely still love it. I still watch it a lot. Um, I crave watching it. Like I will just turn it on every once in a while and like fall asleep to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to get everyone in my life to watch it too. This one, I'm telling you guys right now, but this, and I was trying to think about it last night when I was watching it and I was like, okay, that's really squeezing, squeezing out. I'm, I've got some tough decisions to make going forward, but this one is te- definitely top five for me. Gotcha. Wow. And it's so funny because I it's Clinton. I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. Clinton. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Clinton, if you don't mind giving me your thoughts, because I want you to feel included Clinton, if you don't mind. <laughs> so no, um, this movie to me, the first one to me is better, but I can't really argue that the second one's not. It's weird. Like those people that are like, the second one's great. I'm like, damn right. It is. It's better than the first one. Damn right. It is. It's hard for me to argue the other way. How about you? Me? Yes, you. Oh, was yes, it Clinton? Clinton? Hold on. Clinton. No, sorry. I meant Emmy. I messed up a couple Listen, times. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm not okay. sorry for you. Don't I'm victimize j- me. <laughs> 
Oh, if everyone could see his facial expressions while we have this podcast, I think people would laugh a lot more because that, that, that stone cold face, like, don't you dare. I don't know. <laughs> makes me laugh. I forgot what the question was. What is the question? Who is the question? Where <laughs> is Gamora? That's later. That's a different movie. Or why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Wise. Yeah. 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 I think you were saying, okay. So like I thought when they did the first one, that there was no way that they could top themselves, but I feel like if they did, and maybe like how you said about daddy issues, like maybe I saw a little bit more of myself in this film because me and my biological father don't have the greatest relationship, but I had some father figures that kind of stepped into that role. And so Same. like seeing that kind of hit me a little bit. And I, I don't know, like I, I just really, this is one of the ones where the story and the emotions really fit and hit me. Yeah. And the comedy really hit me as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a good balance. Maybe I'm being too harsh. That there are a lot of uh, moments in this movie that is it, it's character building in a big mm-hmm. way, right? A lot of emotions. Um, I think the detractor for me is ego in this. Mm, that really, yeah. And we'll talk about it. But I, I have a some hiccups with him. I think. But as far as the character building. The I think the star of this movie is Yondu. I mm-hmm. think his character arc is the biggest one in this movie. Yeah. Um, that one hits home. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about it. I I think we all three have daddy issues a little bit, so we can talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Welcome to Daddy sh- Issues in Review. Uh, yeah, we all three definitely. Uh, I know I'm with Emmy on that whole uh, biological father not really having the strongest relationship, but I've had a lot of great men in my life that kind of, you know, it was never one person. So when I saw Yondu, mm-hmm. I saw multiple people, and I really, you know, and it was just such a beautiful beautiful moment and uh anyway we'll get to all that in a little yeah i had a great father he just was gone too soon that's what sucks exactly you know what i'm saying right. so you know this this movie though i mean we pick up right where the last one left off i mean we uh, it, correct me if i'm wrong guys but this movie was not like usually it's like three years later or two years later this one was like what a couple three months three, I think. that's what i thought it was like two or three months and we were boom right back into this world um Evidenced by Baby Groot, um, you know, we pick up and we see the the world and we see this relationship between the Guardians has continued to develop. Even in three months' time, it almost feels more like a family. Yes, a chaotic family, but a family. And, you know, just we see Rocket continue <laughs> to uh, do the uh, different... Uh, we see Dr- Rocket continue to be kind of an annoying little brother continuing to struggle with having a family. He's used to kind of making his rules his way. Um, And throughout this, we see the character arc of Quill who has been struggling for that other half of his life. And he gets to finally paint that picture through ego. Who is the living planet uh, who is a God lowercase G as long as he's feeling as humble as Drax is. And what I really enjoyed about this is star Lord I felt like it gave another meaning to that name, Star Lord. Um, Really, really wonderful sequence where uh, we learn Peter Quill's lineage. We learn who he is. We learn that he finally got to see the family he always wanted, but he already had it all along. And that's something Gamora points out to him in a really crucial scene. And I think he is able to piece together. But Ego... 
he's not who he says he is. He's not, well, yes, he is who he says he is, but he is not everything he turns out. He paints a picture in a wonderful way of how he fell in love with Meredith Quill. But uh, there was a lot of horrible decisions made along the way. Peter realizes who his family, who his father really was. Hey, may not have been your father, but, or I may not have been your father, but I was definitely your daddy. Yondu, his personal development through this entire time, and Quill's personal development to see... Um, to see Yondu beyond, he was not just a little kid good for thieving. He was. You a, mean Beyondu? Beyondu. Ooh, I like it. Ooh, Clinton just snapped back. Ooh, he gave a look. <laughs> you can't hear those audible, so I have to put them in. Um, and it was a wonderful sequence of family togetherness. And sometimes it's a little chaotic, but sometimes the people that something you were searching for all along is right there beside you all along. And it was wonderful, wonderful movie <laughs> between Nebula and Gamora, between Ego and Quill, between Gamora and Quill, between Drax and Mantis, Rocket and Yondu. So many scenes where family, importance, friendship, togetherness, you know, it's like if your friend forgets to ask you about a soundtrack at the beginning of a podcast. Sometimes there's disagreements. Sometimes there's a little ill will. Sometimes there's like a snappy looks with an eyebrow raise, but it doesn't matter because it's all about, hey, no matter what, we're together and we're happy and that's all that matters and I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh may not be perfect, but it's beautiful. And that's what the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 really showed me and I thought it was a really wonderful movie. So Completely agree. I like, where where do you guys even want to start? Because I I was like jotting down visuals and music and just like I'm not trying to go in chronological order because we're crazy now on the MCU and review podcast, but I've got to start with that opening scene with baby crew, electric light orchestra. Mr. Blue sky is playing in the background and Oh my God, the, colors the the scenery Groot dancing away yes we start in 1980 and we see a wonderful cg kurt russell holy crap that was the greatest thing i'd ever seen yeah the cg kurt russell looked fantastic and did you notice that the color of the mustang is the same color as the um milano milano i did not but the fact that you said that about (laughs) that's awesome the the Alyssa milano that scientists built you know the the same color as her, not the Milano. The sh- mwah, 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 mwah. I did notice that. I tried to make a joke. Oh, did you notice? Or did you notice? Did you know who did the um, uh, baby group? The dance. motion capture of Baby Group. I did not. Who? Gun. Emmy James Gunn. James Gunn did. Do you, do you know how long it took them to put that together? Yes. How long, guys? You guys are like, hold on on me. Two years. And Mm. let me say, it is worth every minute of that. I love that I did not know it took two years to make because this, I was going to say, is probably my favorite opening sequence to any Marvel movie I've ever seen because I was, it felt like I was watching a concert and I was like, with friends and I was, it was a party. It just felt amazing. I was smiling from ear to ear and just that, like where she's like, uh, Groot, 
get out of here. And he like waves and he goes, she goes, and just in the cutest way, Gamora, hi. Like, just like that motherly, mm-hmm. almost. He's like a little kid. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, and it's almost reminiscent of the opening sequence of the first one with Peter Quill Peter dancing. Quill. Oh, yeah. so much better. I think this opening sequence in this movie is so much better than the first one. Not anything it against Quill. It's just like baby Groot dancing. Is there anything more you want? And but it's freezes. like they, Sorry. And he freezes when Drax is right beside him because mm-hmm. Drax is not a dancer. And that so, call yeah. back to the first movie as well. Loved it. Yeah. But it's, I, I like that. It's like, so you, you said that it kind of mirrored um, Quill dancing in the first one. It's like, they took what was great about the first one and just leveled it up, which speaking of the working title of this film was level up. What a a segue. Hey, can you give us the Rotten Tomato meter? I can. Um, Critics gave it an 85% and audiences gave it an 87%. Good job, audiences. You rated it right. I mean, this is a, this is just a bit higher. It's just a good time. If anyone Mm -hmm. says what's Guardians 2, good time. (laughs) It's so much fun. And it's evidenced by that first, that first scene with Quill, uh, excuse me, uh, Meredith Quill and Ego and the song Brandy playing, you know, and like the music is immediately hitting you right away. But then ELO is blasting and it was just absolutely wonderful. And then funny scenes where Drax is trying to pierce through the inside and the outside. Well, the skin's Mm -hmm. the same thickness on either side. Uh, It it just immediately felt like, oh, they haven't skipped a beat. They haven't skipped a beat. My favorite part of this movie is the banter between them. Yes. Like whether they're arguing or disagreeing or on the same side, like the banter they give them, because there's that pause between the opening scene and the music scene with the group where they're all like, bitching to each other about everything it's like us like winking if we were a superhero group this would be us i'm just saying yeah yeah oh right it's very important that we do something other than the music and like it's it's great right and it's it's wonderful how i feel like in other movie franchises they could have taken that and made it seem very cheap but this seemed very authentic and not it was like the words that they said to each other were unexpected, but still funny and made sense. It wasn't like a contrived, like, all right, here's the setup and joke. Oh, boom. There's a, It's a dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of times where there's a line. I'm like, this should hit me in a different way. Like it should be hokey. It should be cheesy. It should not be good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. If it's James Gunn, it's the visuals or the characters, but I just immediately like, Oh yes. Like it, for there's, some, it, it hits me different in a good way. It really does. There's one line in the movie that does not sit well with me. Ooh, I can't wait to get to it. Yeah. Go ahead and say it. Why not now? It's the, um, let me find it here on my notes, but it's from, uh, Nebula. Mm. Oh, I think that I have it too. Really? Uh, She says, that's when daddy was paying my bills. When she's talking to someone about, or someone says something about her with Thanos. And she says, that's when daddy was paying my bills. Was that Craglin? Was that conversation between Craglin and Nebula? Yes. Okay. And she says, that's when daddy was paying my bills. I'm like, that's not. 
in character and i didn't like that whole scene between crack it's funny we're like gushing over this movie and we're going to jump right to what we don't like but the craglin and nebula scene where nebula has this impactful moment beyond that that's when daddy was paying my bills she goes in this and she will kill him and blah 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 and the craglin's like i just thought you'd buy a nice necklace and uh, i was like Mm-hmm. stupid no that's not from that scene oh it's, it's not it's earlier a different in the movie okay no. well sorry i'm gonna go to another craglin nebula scene where nebula has this a powerful amazing moment and i am feeling everything and then craglin's like oh, i just thought you'd buy a nice necklace oh ooh, tell all the girlfriends oh it's so pretty i'm like why? why yeah but he set it up he asked her what she was gonna do with what was she gonna and- get with it? yeah i know but it still took away from that scene for me a lot and i i, I disagree uh, i thought it was perfect because he I was hate. just looking for like material thing and she goes on this rant about yeah, killing it just deflated everything like if they would have just been like boom i would have been fine with it it was more like let's just make a joke here which is kind of the theme of guardians honestly so i guess i shouldn't hate it and the theme of this podcast i mean we're a joke so always welcome to jokes interview (laughs) just kidding um there was another point when uh so she says that about somebody being about thanos being daddy and then Yondu says he might have been your father, but he he ain't your daddy. Uh, that's Can we a- just get together as a culture and just cancel that word? That word should never be used. No, I mean- it was used very well by Yondu in this. Daddy, I'm assuming. No, he mm-hmm. says your dad, don't he? He don't no. say daddy. Mm-hmm. He says daddy. Yeah, but that's his. It fits his character. I'm your daddy, son. He's not meaning it weird. Yeah, that, I, I mean, obviously, yes. Okay, but like, okay, 2017, that was three years ago. Since then, four years ago. I can't do math. That was four years ago. God, no, it was three. It was three. 17, 20, 18, 19, 20, three. You can oh, do no. math. We're oh. proud of you. Let me, oh, no. let me quote this real quick, though, because he goes, he may have been your father boy, but he wasn't your daddy. I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't do none of it right. I'm damn lucky you were my boy. And that's when Quill goes, what? And he goes, Yondu, you can't. Yondu, no. And just the way Quill is screaming out, no. Oh, God, no. And just, and then Quill, uh, then Yondu grabs his face and just kind of like, you can see that he's gone after that. And just that's. <laughs> okay, uh, yes. But insane. also the word daddy has become a disgusting word. I'm not trying to kink shame. Do it in the bedroom. Never, ever, ever say that word out in public. I or don't. In movies. Uh, there's two. Oh, gosh, we're gonna get into a weird part. I'm not even gonna get into that. Now I, let's get in the weird part. No, we're not. MCU Clinton. and review needs a weird no, part. We're not. We need to spice it up. <laughs> I, I can hear. We're da- in the un- we're in the Clinton, galaxy stop. right now. Clinton, we need to get Clinton, weird. Get back to Earth for a second. We're still on Earth. No, I I can listen. And on Earth, daddy is a bad word. I, it, is, it is an icky word. I can hear daddy and not hear anything icky. <laughs> I can't, I can like Clinton. You got to be the tiebreaker here. Like I, I can hear that song or song. It's all about the context. Thank you. Thank you. That, that is, I don't feel like when Yondu said it, it was a very sincere moment and he didn't say I was your daddy. He was implying it, but he said that because I've always said a man can have a child and that'll be their father. Right. Correct. But someone who raises a child, that's their dad. Yes. And a kid will call their dad, daddy or mommy. That's a normal thing. Uh, uh, but when it gets into weird stuff, that's when it becomes that weird place. Clinton. But this preach. was completely genuine. Preach. Emmy. Okay. Well, preach. I need it. I need an edited version of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And listen. Who I hurt have- you? <laughs> <laughs> um, my daddy. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> 
we're done. We're done. That is, I'm, I am just kidding. This is a family uh, podcast, kind of, sort of, not really. <laughs> but no, I've got, I've got like four things that I was just like, ooh, I didn't like that. Oh, you have four. Yeah, Let's, only four. Well, I'm, but that's shocking. You were like saying this is better than the first. Your top five, and you had four things. You, I'm curious to hear it. Do you do you want to go over those four right now, or kind of hit them at different times? Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 just dump it all right now. Let's just put One it out dump. in the open. Let's pound in the issues about daddy. <laughs> all right. So the first that whole mutiny scene was so sad. And like the guys are pleading and then the guy asks if he can crush the plant with the rock. Oh God, that whole scene. And then Groot was being abused when they pour beer on him. Oh, you're talking him. about when they capture rocket and they, the and Ravengers Yondu. turn I thought, on me. Okay. I thought you meant in a different way. There was like four. Okay. But yes, when they pour, yeah, that broke my heart. Yeah. I was, I oh, ha- yeah. No, those are just okay. parts of the movie that were cringy for me. Okay. But not like necessarily this is bad writing or something like that because well, I have one of those too. Right. But four is what, but like when they poured beer, I'm assuming, or some alcoholic beverage on Groot and kicked him like I truly they get unruly um it was just really that was hard to watch I agree I mean it was really really tough to watch and they had him in a bird cage and they were just taunting him it was really I don't know I think there's worse ways to be tortured than pouring beer on me pour some beer on me pour (laughs) some beer on (laughs) Clint in the name of love But if you were a baby or a child, I feel like that would not be, that would not go over well. He was neither of those. He was a plant. No, he was not. Okay. Well, I've done that to some of the plants in my house and they don't. And they died. (laughs) (laughs) This is got, this this escalated quick. I mean, this got dark really (laughs) fast. No, I will say that I, I appreciated that scene because then when the scene with the arrow and the come a little bit closer come a and little all those bit people closer. get their come up I'm, in, I'm like, I'm all about it. And well, I feel that's, like had that scene not happened first, I would have felt that way. I would have felt he, a mutiny way about the come or the the come a little bit closer. Let me like can me can I have five seconds? Come a little yeah. bit come Name a little bit closer. You're my kind of man, so big and so strong. Come a little closer. I'm all alone, and the night is so long. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, anyway, that was a fantastic. There's some hoes in this house. No, we're not going to go there. Uh, but like, it was also, by the way, that scene, It correct me, Clinton, Emmy, I'm throwing this to you guys. The most deadly scene in the MCU history. There's multiple people getting stabbed with an arrow to a song. It was brutal i was like it was and then all the all the people they like exploded out the spaceship exactly that that, was the mutiny before that was the mutiny before but then then all the skulls at the bottom of ego's planet yes there was was a a lot lot of death death, in this movie but when he's stabbing people and it's just multiple people left and right and it's just all these people flopping he's way op by the way (laughs) he's way overpowered in this movie yes uh, well, he had a prototype fin. I want to know what the final version, well, if that, that's a prototype. No, that fin is actually the one he is in the comic. That's the one he has in the comic. I know, but they call it a prototype fin in this. And it's funny. I'm like, if that's the prototype, what's the, okay. Right. <laughs> Seems to be working just fine. I He in the comics looks to me like um, the green guy, like a blue version of the green guy from The Shape of Water. Mm. 
Yeah. I can see that. Anyone, please correct me if I'm wrong. Reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm begging you because I read, I thought I read this somewhere, but it would be, it would be just like me if I was literally sleeping and I dreamt this, but I thought I remember like they were supposed to have the fin in the first movie, but the sets were too small and like his fin was bumping up against things. So they made it shorter. And so for the second movie, they were able to have his fin in it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I swear I thought I someone either commented that or I read that somewhere. I don't know, but like, I always thought that was an interesting take where he was supposed to have the fin all along. We just never got it. Cause it almost looks like a Mohawk, which is awesome. So <laughs> I enjoy it. I mean, yeah, it, it, it looks cool. Someone it seems like that, that could be very true. Someone let me know if that's true or not, please. If you don't mind us right now. No, no, no. Like, oh. Hey, if there's anyone listening, <laughs> I was going to say, I think we're kind of supposed to be doing like a podcast or something. Oh, like. darn. Okay. Well, <laughs> we need to rethink that. What are the other three things you did not like in this movie? Amy? Okay. Um, the face on the side of the planet was a little too on the nose. However, comic I realized that accurate. was from the comics. From the comics. So comic book I'll accurate. let that slide. Thank you. My issue is the flip side of that, that he was a man in this. Well, how else are you supposed to get that sweet, sweet earth loving? Well, I think I think they did it really well, was honestly. His, was his father but supposed to be a Lannis Morissette? I don't... His father ain't Ego in the comics. His father no. is Correct. an alien. Correct. He's not half celestial. Correct. I agree. You don't have to agree. It's the fact. I was going to say. I agree with the fact. Good. I love how. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I almost stunned you there. You're like, "Uh, uh, okay. (laughs) But they wanted him. um, They wanted to use Ego as his father. And like, they didn't really have a backup, but Fox owned Ego. And so they had to negotiate with Fox over Negasonic Teenage Warhead's powers as leverage to get Ego for Marvel. Well, I didn't I know that. That's crazy. I, did. I figured I would have knew that. I heard about that, and it's amazing how <laughs> this how sounds, they negotiate. Right, that's like, who they negotiated for. Correct. Negasonic. Correct. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't even her character because she already belonged it to was Fox. Her but I think something about the powers. Correct. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, because Negasonic, I do know in Deadpool, that's not her powers. It, yeah, it blew me away the the compromises like that Fox mm-hmm. and Marvel were making just for these movies. It, it blew my mind because I remember I remember reading that somewhere. Emmy, so good catch bringing it up. And like, why not just hug a bro? Like y'all are both trying to make money doing superhero stuff. Just hug each other. Well, listen, we're dreamers, Emmy. That's not the way life is. I'm the same way, but life don't work that way. And why can't we all just get true. along? And, and we'd he, be those. We would be those. Um, those uh, pageant queens that would be like, we just want world peace. Oh, I would 100% be a comedy queen. Emmy, you said something really important there, though. We're both trying to make money, and that's it. They're both trying to make money. They would make so. I, are you kidding me? There's an I, Avengers guys, slash. Oh, hey, oh, hey. Mutants I'm, slash. I'm just saying. I'm I, well, saying. we're there now. They own it. Thank so. goodness for that. However, yeah. it's it's a dog eat dog world. I'm not saying it's right. And I'm just saying it's that's. Not, it's not fair for sure. Oh, I agree. Sony, Sony already at the beginning of the year was like, oh, we're not going to play with Disney anymore. It was like, no, you have to play with Disney. Like, you can't play with my heart like that. Like, right. no. Right. Wow. So, I mean, it was just, anyway, what was the other one? Sorry. Oh, my last one um, was the, of course I have issues. That's my freaking father. 
delivered well. However, the line. It was just like it was a little. Uh, is that your bi- is that your bad writing line as well? Or that was that was my only bad writing line. Yeah. Oh no, it's not. No, because the there was one line was way Nebula. Worse. No, there was another one though. When they asked what she was doing there, and she was like, "Whatever I have to do to get home." Whatever I have to do to get a ride or something like that. Yeah, yeah. To get a ride home. Yeah, I remember that line. And it was like, first of all, girl, you don't have a home anymore. And well, I mean. I didn't take it that way, but I, I didn't either. Yeah. She was trying to get out of there. She didn't. It was she also. Had, but I also thought it was kind of poetic where she's looking for a way home, but it's right in front of her. Yeah, they solved a lot of those issues in this. So you had yeah. Peter and his dad. Peter, Peter and his dad. Daddy, Peter and Quill, then you had, <laughs> and then you had Gamora and her sister, or sister daddy. Yeah, sad, <laughs> saddy, dissy, Samsonite. Um, sorry, sorry, Samson Swanson, saddy. And then you had Peter and his his uh, real daddy, uh, Yondu. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there was a lot of relationship building in this, and James Gunn purposely, um the theme of this movie was family versus ego. Mm -hmm. So you had the ego, the living planet, the physical, but you also had the, the ego of them trying to learn how to be a family. I did did not know that. That's actually really cool. He, he purposefully themed that. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's really cool. I mean, it's just like, it's so wonderfully encompassed. It just like, like this movie is just so well written to the point that it's like, theme upon itself upon because like you know when you the, the literal English, sense and the you know yeah sorry keep going but it's it's really layered it's really multi-layered yeah. yeah but it's it's like you know when you're in english class and like they tell you to read shakespeare and you're like what and like this was like you get all of the symbolism and you get the like literal with the not so literal you get everything that's explicit and implicit and it's just it's so well done that it's not like you really have to dig for all of those literary devices. Like it's all just right there. Mm-hmm. It's I, it's, it's well done y'all. Yeah. Well written. I would agree with you. That. Like Shakespeare in me. I do like Shakespeare actually. I do. Do too. you think he was actually gay? I hope so. Yeah. There wasn't a joke. I was just wondering if you thought he was, cause there was always, there's always that like discussion about, was he bisexual? Did he, you know, I was just curious since you're in wasn't- that field. Wasn't everyone back then? I mean, honestly, like it wasn't really frowned upon until like, I don't know. America. (laughs) No, not even America. It was the, I think it was the Catholic church that was like, oh, we can't, (laughs) these people are having too much fun. Nope. None of that. (laughs) No happiness here. Anyway, so uh, there was, there was so many parts though, where, especially at the beginning of the movie where rocket and Peter are at odds. I mean, I felt like rockets immaturity really played a huge part in getting them into also a lot of trouble, but not, it's not just rockets immaturity quills immaturity too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was, uh, he's pretty childish. Hold on. Hear me out. The, the battery scene, like I understand that it was them trying to fight over a ship and get out of the way and like, you know, and they were fighting over it and I get that. And I thought that was a really clever way when it was like, eh, like they were doing the gear shift or something like that. And it was showing the power going back and forth without explicitly explaining it. However, 
if Rocket had not had stole those batteries to begin with, if he would have just left well enough alone and just, hey, here's the, here's the batteries for the bounty. Appreciate it. Thank you. We're on our way. None of that mess would have happened to begin with. It felt, you know, Rocket was kind of, I, I know Yondu to me was a central focal point, but I, I also think Rocket was just as much because of his growth throughout this whole movie where we saw the beginning where he's like, you know, they told me that you were conceited douchebags, but it turns out that ain't the whole, like, uh, that isn't the truth. And just winks and like, and he's like, oh shit, I'm using my wrong eye again, aren't I? And like, it was just, it was wonderful. And going from that to, I'm not, I'm only losing one friend today or, you know, like that at the very end, that powerful scene. And he's, I'm like, not losing any more friends. Yes. Today. Uh, yeah. uh, Rocket's progression and Rocket's story arc here cannot be denied. I, I, I loved, I, agree. I loved what they did with Rocket. I just had to get that out. Well, I, the part that really brings it out too is when Yondu mm-hmm. is calls him out and he said, mm-hmm. basically, basically says we're the same. You know what I mean? Yes. He, they have a tough exterior, but every time someone wants to love them, they push them away. And all through the movie, you got people calling Rocket an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he also has a lot. I wrote them down. All the names Rocket has called in this movie. Mm-hmm. What's, what's um, Raccoon, Trash Panda, Triangle Face Monkey, Puppy, Fox, and Rat. Yeah. And Raboon. Raboon. You can't and forget Raboon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said Raccoon. <laughs> but I'm not a raccoon. Like it was just so cute when he's like, uh, and I agree. And I feel like rocket, especially with the first movie, he was labeled a lot in the second one. He's labeled a lot as well. And he's you know, still my favorite character. I, in this. I can see why uh, he's such an amazing, amazing character. Just his, what he goes through and what, I don't know. I just loved it. Loved it. Loved it. So I can see anyone saying this is your favorite character. Who would you be if you were one of these characters guys? Mm. Who do you identify with the most? Who would you be? Mm. I would be Rocket, for sure. <laughs> Clinton, I mean, no I would dis- be the asshole. I, I, I mean, no disrespect. When I was watching this movie, I literally thought of you when I was watching Rocket on screen. Like he said something, and I can't remember what part of the movie. I was like, that's something Clinton <laughs> would say right there. He's like, like it was like for a moment there, I really, I was having a tender moment, but then I looked at your ugly ass smile or something. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, that's Clinton. <laughs> Like I laughed and I was like, that's Clinton. He's like, it's getting too serious. He felt a moment. So I've got to detract away and make something funny here. And I mean that like, that's my humor. I'm nothing like that though. Oh, I know that you are the biggest sweetheart. He will never let you believe it, but he is, but that's rocket too. I think he felt a genuine emotion there. And he's like, Oh, I got to make you, you know, like I got to get, got to get out of this place. Yeah. Uncomfortable. yeah, Yeah. Or have that alone, not in front of you, you know? And it was, it was, I don't know. I thought of you when I watched Rocket, and I mean that in the best Your way. Your name's Taserface. <laughs> <laughs> that That's Clinton. So great. That's Clinton too. Tell me it's not. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, I figured you know you'd be called something better than Taserface. I mean, that is so much Clinton right there. So. Uh, um, I love that because there is a Taserface in the comics. Yes, and I love that Mar- they just make fun of themselves for it. <sighs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Ah, well said, Clinton. So who who do you guys who would you who would you be? It's funny because I don't identify as this person at all. I really I think he's ten times cooler than me. So I'm not trying to pretend. But there's a scene I identify with where Gamora and Quill, and he's trying to dance with Gamora. Uh, and my fiance might not like this, but that is the most Renee and Brandon relationship moment in the entire world. I'm usually trying to dance, trying to like, Hey, let's loosen up and everything. And she's like, 
you know, she doesn't want a part of it and I don't dance. And then they end up dancing and it's a beautiful scene and everything. He goes, Trax doesn't think you're a dancer. And then like, eventually there's some dis, you know, dysfunction. She pushes him off and everything. And just the way he slumps and he's like, I was, you know, he was having a good time. I was dancing with you. We were loose. We were happy, you know, and, I have that a lot in my personal life where it's like, it's getting tense. Let's just, I don't want to cut it up with a lot of jokes, but I want to just, Hey, relax those shoulders and let's dance. And that scene, I'll always call Renee in the room. I'm like, look, it's us. And I'll press play. And it's that whole thing. And she'll laugh. And you know, we, so I don't think I identify with the person, but that scene is beautiful to me uh, when they're trying to dance. And she's just, she's not a dancer. That scene goes south real fast because Quill's, I think mm-hmm. Quill's being an asshole. I agree. And maybe that's me. I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Clinton's like, I didn't say it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, two plus two is four. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Emma, Emmy. Uh, oh, he almost what? said Emily. What's, what's my name? Whoa, what's my name? That's not my name. He almost said that's Emily. He almost said Emily. Let's just let that be. A, that's recorded. You can't take that back. <laughs> What do you think? That's okay. I have worked at the same school for, this is my sixth year. And this summer, they finally realized that my name is spelled with a Y and not an IE. Because so many of them did it in a group chat in a row that I was finally like, hey, guys. But. Just so you know, that's not how you spell my name. Is your actual name, though, with an IE? Yes, and that's why it's confusing. Okay, well, then I, I'd like to stick up for him right now because. I And that's and that's why, I, I mean, I just said, hey, by the way, like, this is how you spell my name. I know it's really confusing because it's. it's I, I, I got you, teachers. I got you because yeah. I've known Emmy a long time. So I know how to spell her name two different ways. So, yeah. <laughs> and neither of them are right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, regardless. But who do you relate with? I, okay. So I don't want to take Gamora now because I don't want to dance. Yeah. Hold on. You can dance if you want to. You can dance if you want to. You can dance. <laughs> yes. put, a, put a pin in that for a, for just for a second. Second. Okay. Um, Pins in it. I I'm gonna answer this question though. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mantis. Say it. Oh no. No. Shut. I like Mantis. Is f- that would be. Oh, I uh, keep going. Okay. Why am I talking? Go. Because I feel like I feel like I I am a dancer, so I can't really be Gamora. She's <laughs> way more badass than I am. Nebula is too like Nebula is maybe me in like middle and early high school when I was like oh yeah everything yeah, yeah. she's the emo she's the emo girl yeah. of the guardian we were yeah, all mantis exactly. oh, excuse me we were all Nebula at one point in our life if you weren't you just obviously didn't grow up in our time <laughs> I don't know like fourteen fifteen I think we're all Nebula that was, sorry yeah. so cut my they should have played that when she came on. So I can't fall asleep tonight. So I can't fall asleep tonight. You know you kill me. Anyway. Brandon Brandon just gave us 10 years. 14, 15. No, no. It was 0405. 0405. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Sorry. I meant like 14, 15 years old. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, okay, which gotcha. was 0405. Yeah, yeah. You, are, okay. you are Mantis. <laughs> you are Mantis. Here it is. <laughs> He said, I'm, I'm mean and I'm stupid. <laughs> Just look, her, her innocence is her innocence, innocence. I think. And her patience too. Like I'm a very patient person you as a are. teacher. I think I've decided you are I've not, not, I've decided I've learned that you I'm have. very patient, but like you deal with Clint I, and I every week, you are definitely patient. <laughs> um, she also like becomes a badass female because of her relationships with other characters and like other people believe in her. And so she starts to believe in herself. And I, I can identify with that. I, 
first of all, I have to say, like Black Widow, me and her, we go strong. But like Mantis, Mantis is pretty badass too. I can get on the Mantis. He is hand. very different in this than the comics. I love a scene though. I got to touch on a scene with Mantis because you kind of touched on it a little bit, Emmy, where, you know, she's innocent, but like where like Mantis is like, you know, this reminds me of my daughter. Drax is talking mm -hmm. with Mantis. This reminds me of daughter, my daughter when we went, uh, you know, to the lake or to fishing. I can't remember the exact quote. Hey, look at me. And um, she goes, because she's ugly or something like that, or because I'm ugly, like I'm reminding you of your daughter. And she like goes, gleefully. Yeah, and because that's that innocent. But he goes, innocent. Like, you know, Drax hits hard there and she puts her hand on his shoulder and feels that emotion and just starts wilting and starts crying. Mm -hmm. And Drax is looking and you see just just his eyes water up. And I'm, I'm going to get to these scenes one by one if we can, if I can segue anyway. And the feels here where Drax's pain of losing his wife who he alludes to earlier, to Quill, where she's not a dancer. She didn't even move a muscle. You know, like, <laughs> it just a funny moment, but then with his daughter and just losing her and that beautiful moment between Mantis and Drax on Ego. Uh, it, it, uh, this movie, it's funny. I put the first one above it, but sometimes I struggle even myself. You know, why? Why? Because yeah, this yeah. scene right here is one of them where I'm like, what a beautiful, beautiful moment. So... There's so many characters that we get really good backstories on. Like we right. get Gamora's backstory. We get Nebula's backstory. We get a lot of Peter's backstory. We get a lot of Drax's backstory. We get a little bit of Mantis's backstory. We get all of Ego's backstory, which, uh, no. but like one that we don't completely get Rocket. is Rocket. I think that'll and, happen in the future. I hope so. Okay. But it's but, weird. I talked about earlier where I felt like his arc, even without that story, but sorry, keep going. Do you guys want to hear that there are bigger nerds out in the universe than us? Yes. And I'm not no, saying not. that as a, I know what you're about to talk about. Thing. That's a compliment. In, That's a compliment. Oh, 100% because these people are wildly smart. Like they are so much smarter than I could. Are you going to talk be. about the names and the numbers? Yes. Yeah. I looked that up too, but I didn't, write it down so did you get it i okay so i didn't actually because we have talked on here about how we don't want to like spoil for future movies for ourselves um so they're talking about on the on these different places that they go there's always uh coordinates, coordinates. Yeah. Yes. that go along with like Bearheart and morag like there's different coordinates or um what's the nowhere mm -hmm. um and they in the first o-w-h-e-r-e yeah. nowhere yeah so. Okay, so these coordinates, people have been doing research on them, and they have discovered that they reveal a secret message, and they've been figuring it out. So in the first movie, you have places like um, Morag and Nowhere, and then they always have that little coordinate at the bottom. And so it's a secret code. And so um, people figured it out, and it was all about how Meredith Quill was um, Peter Quill's mother, but like his parentage parent parentage was not completely human. And I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't go into it because we like to go into these movies fresh. We don't want to know too much about them. Right. And so, I mean, obviously this one has already come out, so I probably could have dug into that one. Um, but James Gunn did comment on a video where somebody was like saying, this is what we think the code means. And he said, you figured it out about 70%. 70%. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Um, so they did the same thing for guardians volume two. 
and they think that the third movie is going to be all about getting the backstory for Rocket, who is whatever his he's like project number, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. C three was like IXC eight seven or something. Did you like say? That. Hold on, first off, did you just say C three PO? Yes. Okay. Well, it's actually eight nine P one three, and I would love to hear C3PO. about C three PO. I would love to hear about his origin because he comes from the half world. And I would also love to hear about Lila. Lila was one of his associates. It was Groot Mm -hmm. and Lila. Hey there, Delilah. Delilah, what's it like like in in New York City? What's it like in Bear Heart? Nowhere. (laughs) Bear Heart in the comics is from a Hulk Hulk, comic. But I really would love to hear more about Rocket. I I, especially just that one little scene in the in the prison where you can read all those facts about him. So eight nine P one three. Yeah, I would be all about that. So, which in eight nine P one three was part of the coordinates for one of the places in this movie, and so they're like that was like part of how they figured it out and. Mm. It has to do with somebody named Wayne Bridge or Ware Bridge or or Benel's dude. Don't Dash. they don't they uh, pass the planet on this movie where Rocket's from? I don't know about that, but they do pass the planet where Korg is from. Oh, I didn't. Well, I knew that, but I, I think it's just a I background. Didn't, I didn't know that. Holy crap! You guys, yeah, I know well, you, you guys. Can, I know you guys are talking and everything, but just as a listener on my own podcast, I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, the, they're they're fighting like they're they're right. standing there when right. they. It's when they're all going through that loop with mm. uh, Rocket and Yondu, right. and all of them. There's and 700 all, time jumps, which is yes. also just like a wonderful visual, like great. I love I love the visual of that, and I don't know. I, have you guys seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Renee is obsessed with Hitchhiker's okay. Guide to the a lot, Galaxy. A lot of people are obsessed with that. Yeah, Renee. It's loves a it. great. I, my boyfriend loves the book. Um, I think he's seen the movie. I want to say Renee's read the book too. Sorry. Oh well, the book. I mean, the book is one hundred percent better. Yeah. Um, but there's a part in the movie where they have like the improbability drive, and they're going through and it like at one point it turns them into sofas and one point it turns them into yarn right and like the guy is throwing up bits of yarn and then like oh we've normalized and he becomes a real human again but like that's what that part reminded me of when they're zooming through the 700 jumps i was gonna say like that that when they like almost become cartoony and they look like animaniacs Mm -hmm. i remember busting out laughing in the theater because like yondu rocket baby baby groot just and he throws up yes blah. It, it's so hysterical i, just, I that, love that that marvel doesn't especially in these movies they don't care to take the risks with it yes it's not even a risk they're like you're watching a comic book movie nothing is out of the realm of possibility yes. and yes. it's ridiculous and i enjoy it like it fits it's crazy and wacky but it fits yes it's <laughs> one thing that Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you were making a point, Clint. What'd you got? Yeah. No, it's going on to something else we'll talk about. Oh, okay. Carry on. Our wayward son. Oh it's going to happen every single podcast, I think. Because yeah. I say carry on and Brandon can't help himself. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Guys. Brandon has self-control issues. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> The Brandon. moral of the podcast. <laughs> if you know me at all, it's all about carry on our wayward son because there will be peace when you are done. Self-control issues. I don't issues. know if there'll be peace because it'll keep happening, but. <laughs> 
I love you. Sorry. Let's keep going. What you got? I don't even remember what I was talking about. We went too far off. Kansas was too far off. We were in space. How? Well, I guess that is it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, okay. I'm hearing myself talk. No, I'm not anymore. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. We might have <laughs> the some voices. You need to get them under control. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I, I kept them in the box all day today, hoping that they'd stay in the box, but now they're, they're trying to come out. Um, no, I feel like Dr. Strange ran so that wrong this movie. movie, this is, this isn't, this isn't Dr. Strange so that this movie could fly like Dr. Strange took weirdness and like made it so crazy and weird and strange. And then they were like, all right, so guardians two, we're going full force weird. Like, and it wasn't even, it wasn't weird. It was just like, now we know that we can do this beautiful visual stuff and our, our fans will come along with us and I was right there with them. I was there. I also think that really helped with Thor Ragnarok. I felt like mm-hmm. Guardians, real, and maybe even Strange. I've always said Guardians, but now that you say Doctor Strange, that makes some sense too. But like, I think Thor and Chris Hemsworth. I think he was really involved, especially with the writing. And he like, was ready to be done. He yeah with he, Thor. I if you would have said Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, who gets a fourth movie. Thor would have been the third pick, <laughs> you know, like it just blows my mind. And, but after watching Thor Ragnarok, cause the first Thor movie I liked the second Thor movie actually pretty good, but mm, no, it wasn't. It, we actually gave it more credit and props <laughs> in the podcast. Clearly. Yeah, we did. But so but, it's still in but, the big, in but, the big picture. Now that we're in phase three, it reminds me. How, yes. How- Touche, sir. But like, I was done with Thor after the second Thor movie. Like, all right, let's just get Ragnarok over with. All right, here we go. And Ragnarok, oh my gosh. That yeah, is, I can't wait to do that. That one. is a fun, fun movie. And Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hem- I know, Chris Hemsworth's worth is a huge part of it. So kind of to your point, Emmy, sorry to circle it back mm-hmm. around. No, that's okay. <laughs> I really thought a lot of movies were influenced by maybe even Doctor Strange or the Guardians of the Galaxy where let's just let loose. Let's have fun. Holy, why are, we're in space. Let's do some I- fun stuff. I think maybe the first Guardians did that for all of them because it was not known characters. Mm-hmm. They went out there and then people loved it. They yeah. loved how weird it was. Yes. And then they could they were like, Okay, we can get weird now mm-hmm. and it's okay. I agree. But I really the, think it it was for for Crimps 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 his blurth. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do the Benedict Cumberbatch thing. Are you okay? I, yeah, I was like Brandon just had a stroke I on air. A, you know, I tried to make a joke and that's what happens. But I just thought Hemsworth saw Guardians and he was like, Oh man, this is really I why can't we be this? We're in space. Why can't we have fun? So sorry. I feel like he definitely heard the um the soundtrack too. Mm. Or someone heard the soundtrack and was like, you know what we need in this? Some Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. Immigrant song? Heck yeah. And it was me. It was totally me. Totally. I do not like how Ego just shows up and is like, oh, here I am. After all the like buildup of Peter trying to find his dad and then here's Ego. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm your dad. Here I am. I do like, though, how they kind of explained it, though, where he says, when I heard of a uh, 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 too easy. I know. Then, if he could find him that easily, he could have found him when he was younger. Well, he said, I, I heard of a man holding an infinity stone or an earthling. I don't know exactly what terminology he used, but holding an infinity stone and not dying, I knew you had to be my son. And, right, but he he heard of him and could find him, right? That's fine. But Yondu, he sent Yondu to get him, and he didn't know where Yondu was after he got him. 
That's I don't. It just don't add up to me. Oh, that's well, and he point. has to return to his home planet, which is out of the realm of the known, in order to not die. But he could have went back, is what Quill said. After he gets basically charged back up, he could could have went back, but he said, "I couldn't go back because I couldn't bear the thought of your mother not being there." <laughs> For the, just to get well, who's, to, whose fault is that? And just to get on to that point, though, because I thought that was a really powerful scene where he goes, "You have no idea what it's like. I couldn't bear to be on the same planet where your mother was dying, or uh, w- without your mother." And he goes, that "I was know." A front though, exactly. And I love though, I love Quill's response here. He goes, "I know exactly what that's like. I had to watch her die." It, and that, it, yeah, it's like, don't tell me it's not what it's like, dude. I dealt with it myself. And that's another issue I have. Right okay. after that, Quill's on his team. Yeah, Again. no, they cut. Here's to, the ball. They they, no, they 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 cut here though, which I thought was a really, to your point, Clinton. Like they cut there, and I was like, wait, what was said after that? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then, you know, you see like they cut away. I don't remember where they went to right after that. But then, yeah, but it's all happening instantaneously. We're just seeing different places exa- happening at the same time. I know, but I felt like there was some a little time that passed here because of. I, I I know I'm the guy who says there's time. I know that. But I just felt like because the, the reaction was not on par, at least what I would assume after such an intense moment to be that, it almost feels like there's been some calming down a little bit. Not saying, hey, everything's awash, but hey, we're calm now. And then Ego is kind of saying, you know, don't let me, you know, let me be the father she would have wanted me to be and that's yeah that's not the response directly after that maybe not maybe so i don't know i don't ever think everything's some one continuous loop i don't know it's it's interesting though clinton the short version is i see your point because when they cut there i was like wait how do you even defend against that that should be it (laughs) so yeah that would have been it but it was it for him even after i thought he had him under control and then when he brings up his mother and finds out that he is the one that killed her it snaps him right out of it he's done Mm -hmm. but and at that point too before before all that comes to light he wants it so bad that he's willing to give him the benefit of the doubt i think well like yeah he, against everything so bad gets yeah well i say against everyone's better judgment gamora talked him into doing it in the first place and then co- completely but I, backed out <laughs> but well but i think that was because she knew how much he wanted it and she likes him so she was hoping that maybe something good would come out of it there's a scene where in this moment we're talking about where he forms a ball like, you know, he forms something. and It's like, oh, I realize I have ego's powers now or I have, you know, I am of this man. I can form anything I want. And, you know, I'm half celestial. I'm half celestial. And when he forms a ball and there was a conversation I had with my fiance about this where this was like when we first saw the movie in 2017, she's goes, that part was a little cheesy where they're throwing the ball back and forth. I, I, but- di- I disagree. Um, yeah. and I've always disagreed. Childlike, I di- childlike, but in a good way. It, it calls back to him wanting a father, right? Without going too kid. deep into our own psyche, for someone who never had a quote-unquote dad, two days after you're born, he's gone. And I don't mean that. It, it's just you've never had that. You've never had like I've had a lot of father figures in my life, but I've never had someone just to play catch with. You know, and I would play with the neighborhood kids and I would like that were the same age as me, but I never I would see them throw catch like, you know, with their fathers and that moment where he's just the elation in 
Chris Pratt's face as he's acting, I believe everything. <laughs> I'm in that moment. And that moment where he forms the ball and they start throwing it back and forth. And it's just this innocent throw back and forth. I, as someone who's like, gosh, who is my father? Who, you know, what is he? What, who is uh, it? That I know for some people, that's eh, cheesy. That's hokey. For me, it hit very different because I could see me in that same position. I don't care about anything. I'm just throwing catch with my dad. This is a moment I've waited my entire life for. And uh, just to Marvel's credit, it hits me in a different way where maybe for some people it doesn't. For me, it does. So I get, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, it wasn't that for me. It was No, I know. I just want to make sure I touched on it. Sorry. It was the transition from mm-hmm. what you did and then now I'm okay immediately. No, like, that didn't make sense to me. Sorry. No, and I completely agree with that, Clinton. I hope that wasn't just a like, well, no, 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 this- no. but to your but yeah. to your point, your whole life that's what you've wanted. Right. As, you know, you want that father figure and then it would be easy for them when you actually meet them and they're trying to show you love or you think they are. And it would be easy to be frustrated and talk about these things and then transition to, well, let's do this. That, I've got this opportunity. That childlike so, innocence. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's always how my brain has computed it. So sorry. I mean, what do you got? Well, just first of all, I, I suck at catching. <laughs> I, I can't say the word balls without giggling. So, <laughs> um, I suck at playing catch and I blame my father for that. <laughs> which is just the first of many uh, slights, I guess. Um, But um, I read that this film helped Chris Pratt get over the loss of his own father, um, who he didn't get to mourn because he was filming Jurassic World at the time when his dad passed back in 2016, I believe. Um, So seeing him all upset at the end, this time was even more upsetting this time around. And like, I like you brought up his performance with them playing catch. Like, I guess that I feel like there were probably emotions that he was bringing. Yeah. He was there. probably putting himself in, uh, in that place. Those, perf- yeah. that performance. And now that you shed some light on that, Emmy, uh, it makes me a little bit more, I guess I, I watched his performance and I got lost in it. And mm-hmm. you saying that, that makes it makes all the sense in the world because the the childlike innocence that he portrays at times that oh my gosh and like just when he throws to his dad for the first time i got chills even talking about it right now sorry wonderful stuff i did not know that good stuff like it's it's truly like i'm i don't want to say it's the perfect movie but like it's a good movie to work through that i guess oh gosh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like that's a tough thing to work through, but yeah. Yeah. Then he has an egg spaceship. <laughs> okay. Do we want to go into that? Hold on, hold on. Yes, hold on, please. hold on, hold on. Can we call Rocket out when we see Rocket? Because that's Rocket Record right there. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I love you, Rocket. You're awesome. He, But he has an egg spaceship. So do we really care he, about it? I mean, everything, all the sentimental stuff is great, but then it detracts. Like, I can't trust you driving egg. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that was that was a callback to Mork and Mindy because Mork. <gasps> I did not know this. Mm, I knew that. Egg like. God, I love and then it. when it's flying through space, it looks like a big sperm. It does look like a sperm. And do you know why that is? I guys, because you're blowing my mind. Sorry, keep going. What? Keep there's going. There's the whole theme of him being just a man whore trying to find a progeny 
He's got the egg things in his house that like do the stories and the. There's some eggs in this house. <laughs> there's some eggs in this house. <laughs> But there's also the part where the egg lands, though, and it's on Ego's planet. And I just have to say this here because we talked about the soundtrack a little bit earlier. George Harrison's My Sweet Lord is playing and all these beautiful colors and this vibrancy. It's gorgeous. It is <laughs> I wrote so that, beautiful. Okay, so I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Ego's planet is beautiful. Yes. The yeah. CG is a little bad, though. What? There if you look I, in the background, oh, the I'm background not, of the... I never have. A little... It's a little bad. It's when Drax is like popping the bubbles and laughing and then Star-Lord and the smiling. It's, it's the zoomed out part when it shows the world. But mm-hmm. It looks a little. There are a couple thing. things that look crunchy, but honestly, it's so beautiful that I'm right. Yeah, yeah. To, oh, yeah, I'm lost, guys. Spend. I'll be we honest get the with first you. mention of Celestials, mm-hmm. which is going to pay off in Eternals. Oh, I can't wait. That is my high. Can I just say this right now? That is probably my most anticipated phase four movie. And it's the second movie out of phase four is the Eternals. I cannot wait for it. If we ever get it, I don't is know. It, Shut your mouth. <laughs> That's depressing. Is it, is it the first mention of Celestials? No, um, the collector mentioned it in the first Guardian. Yes. Thank good, you. Good catch, guys, because yes, Guardians 1, he talks about it. Yep. Good stuff. The um, Celestials are the one who make the Eternals, correct? Or I, do I have it backwards? I keep getting it confused. I don't remember what you said last time but i keep getting it confused as well why can't i remember? I think I celestials think, make eternals because i, I think, think so yeah we saw celestials in the first guardians and brought it up then yes but one of the cool things that i found was that they brought in from ego's planet like it's so colorful so beautiful obviously on the outside um which i kind of like that that's something that drax brings up later with mantis um, but they did bring in a fractal artist whose name was Hal Tenney. And that's like the, you guys have seen like the fractal triangles where like you start with a big triangle, yeah. and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. That's wow. Which is a math thing. So math. You're it's welcome. like Russian dolls, right? <laughs> hey, that's a good way to put it actually. Yeah. A more mathematical Russian yeah. doll. Just yeah. say, yeah, I'm I'm not mathematical. Just say Russian dolls. Keep it simple. Russian. It's very Russian doll. <laughs> okay. Is that even a term, Russian dolls? We're There's, not. We're gonna blend the word. It's gonna be Russian doll. Oh, can we Just call them one word? Russian yes, doll. Russian dolls are the things that like. There's, I know, no, no, but is that the terminology? Is what I'm asking because I think there's an actual. No, word. it's it's the word Nesting she said. Nesting dolls. Okay. Cool. It's just okay. I thought it was Russian dolls. Well, I think that they are primarily Russian or were invented in Russia, but I think they're also called nesting dolls. Yeah, I was about to say there's an actual term for it, I believe. It could be. I used to have a, a Santa Claus one. It's a Mary. Oh, wait. M A T. Matt Yoshka dolls. Matt, Yo, Matt Yoshka dolls is a set of wooden dolls oh. of decreasing size placed one inside another. So matryoshka, I could be butchering that, but that's what the actual term is called. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Can we You're talk about welcome. the first? There is one thing we have a first of in the MCU in this movie. Mm, what? Space prostitutes. Oh, and I love the name was Contraxia. <laughs> I thought contraction that, the disease the contracting the something here or there. Okay, I okay. thought that was. I, w- I will. I'm going to stand on a soapbox for just a second. And they are not prostitutes; they are sex workers, and sex work is real work. So that's my soapbox. Okay. 
Is prostitute is prostitute <laughs> offensive? I feel like that's the name. But like sex worker is the proper the proper term. Um but not in Tennessee, you, it ain't by God. Well, they're not legal in Tennessee, so hopefully That's you're not right. They prostitutes. <laughs> All right. So anyway, aside from that, I I do have a little soapbox with that. Um aside from that, the song with the robot sex workers. Did you guys catch that at all? I've heard the song, but I never really looked it up. So no. Okay. Well, it is not officially released. Mm. Um, It was a song that was made specifically for the movie Mm -hmm. um, by Jimmy Urine of Mindless Self-Indulgence. Okay. Which have you guys heard of that band? Oh, I have not. I Okay. I had not either until 2007 when my friends and I in high school went and saw Project Revolution and we talk about emo. I went and saw Placebo, Linkin Park, uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, Taking Back Sunday, and Mindless Self-Indulgence was there. Medina Lake was there. Like, oh my God. Medina Lake. Holy crap. I had two of their CDs. Sorry. Keep going. Um, yeah. And like, I tell, I forgot now, all like, about Medina Lake. You just, I, I have not listened to him <laughs> since 2007. I'm not kidding. I'm going to watch the, I'm going to listen to them after this. This is amazing. Keep going. I didn't well, anyway, know Medina so, had a lake. Medina jerk. <laughs> it's actually a place in Ohio. Um, but there is, Oh, Ohio a, is a place for lovers. I believe that is right. That's Virginia. Oh, I thought he says Ohio. No, no it's, a, Virginia's it's a, for lovers. It's Ohio. <laughs> okay. So anyway. I love us. Oh, that's oh god, that's the name of the song, isn't it? That's yes. what we were saying. That's what we were talking about. Okay, well, like the actual state motto is Virginia's for lovers. Hawthorne Ohio Heights is for wrong. lovers is that song. Okay, Hawthorne well, Heights. Wrong. I still remember being in Ge- geometry junior year and I hit. thought you were gonna say Jumanji. Jumanji was the same. And thing. I was like, we're still too. living in Jumanji, Jumanji. is basically G- Jumanji is basically geometry. <laughs> it's horrible. It's a weird place. You don't know what's what. But I remember like a girl sitting in front of me, she was like I was like, what are you singing? And she like made me listen to Hawthorne Heights. I'm like, oh, this is so good. I don't want to conform. <laughs> How do they know? Yeah. How do they know what my life is like? Gosh, like it, they're reading my mind. They don't even know what I deal with every day. Let me go <laughs> flip my hair now. <laughs> hey there. I, I won't even. Yes. I won't lie. I remember like one of my neighbors who was actually a father figure of mine. I was like, I listen to Hawthorne Heights. And he's like, why? And I said, because they don't conform. And he's like, does anyone else listen to him? I'm like, yeah, my friends. And I'm like, so are you conforming to your friends? And I was like. No, you don't even understand, Bill. Get out of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I love him for calling me out there. And I always think of him when I think of that band. (laughs) You don't understand that I was not conforming by conforming. Not conforming. You elitist. (laughs) You don't understand. (laughs) I knew everything at 15 and nothing. Sorry. That's okay. That was was a nice little, because honestly, I mean, mindless self-indulgence, if you ever actually listen to their music, it's like simple plan, but like, probably on cocaine. Oh, I like simple um, plan. But I mean too. <laughs> I do but I saw them in concert and I had gone to see all these other big names, like my chemical romance, taking back Sunday, like these big people. And um uh, I had never heard of them before, but Amy, my friend Emmy, when what? when you were a young boy, did your father take you into the city to see a marching band? 
that song had just come out and let me tell you like that was probably uh, one of the best moments of my life was he you. like came out in that jacket and he goes do you like my jacket it's new <laughs> and i loved it gerard way yes speaking yeah. of because this is a comic book movie comp podcast Gerard Way is an amazing comic book artist. Uh, he's a comic book yes. writer. That's true. And he is a phenomenal. His solo stuff is pretty good, too. Action Cat is actually one of it, that. That whole album was really, really Brandon, good. Brandon, I remember when we worked together, we bonded over um, which album. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's the one. I think it was Action Cat. His, no. His first it solo? Wasn't, no, it wasn't. It wasn't his solo. It was. Um, MCR. Oh, Danger Days. The Life of the Fabulous yes, Killjoys. that one. Yes. yes. I have a we, signed poster by MCR. <laughs> We were not obsessed ashamed. at work together about that album. I ugh, MCR and even going back and listening to the emo songs, it's not even sadness now. It's nostalgia for me. Mm-hmm. It takes me back to the days of. You I, know what I mean. I, I grin. Times. I grin ninety percent of the time listening to. Yes. It, so. Okay, so I'd never heard of Myland Self Indulgence before <laughs> <laughs> until I saw them live, and Jimmy Urine, and yes. His stage name is Urine. Puts on such a fantastic concert that I was completely in. I I was floored. It was amazing. I was in love with this band going into my freshman year of college and like listened to probably nothing else. And my friend had me convinced, and I tried to Google this so that I could verify it for the for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I my friend had me convinced that his name was Jimmy Urine because he drank. A cup of piss on stage. It is not true, but his name is Jimmy Uringer. And so it just, like, he just dropped the injure. I would have at least made it like urine or something like that. Like, oh, to make it fancy. Like a play on words. Urine. (laughs) Jimmy Urine. Um, If you saw him in concert, like, that's just not the kind of person he is. But anyway, so he wrote this song that is still on, like, people want it to be released. Um, but it's still unreleased. It's called Undeye Con Hyed. So he, they've never, uh, so it's not even on the soundtrack or officially released. It's just, I do believe that whatever clip they used like a minute and 15 second clip right? for the soundtrack. And I do believe that's on the soundtrack. Hmm. What part of the movie is this in? This Contracts, song? Yeah. They, yeah. When they meet with the, like right whenever he, you see Yondu with the robot sex worker okay. is when it starts. Can I and also? I don't think they were robots. Were they robots? Yeah, I thought they were yeah. robots. And there's a moment where my fiance pulled, uh, showed this to me, and I wouldn't have thought about this. She goes, "You can see how much he already wants connection because he looked over mm-hmm. at her, and you can." T- and then she just kind of powers. And she down. like shuts off. Yeah, and I was like, "That's a really good point. I didn't ever think of it that way." So yeah, which is great. So I I just butchered that. I'm sure because it looks to me like it's in Spanish, but it's supposed to be an alien language and it means the unloved song oh wow um Mm. and it is supposed to be an alien pop song written specifically for the movie and i was watching this and i was like that guy looks really familiar so jimmy urine also played half nut he's one of the ravengers in the movie he's the one that has the skrillex haircut and it's like it's really long on one oh, side. Oh, I know who you're talking about. And it's like bald and then shaved on the other side. Wow, good stuff. Yeah. Nice. Which there's a lot of other cameos in this. If we Sylvester Stallone. Now, well, that's not even a cameo. That's no, like but he's 
Did you no, guys got to talk about it if did, we're going to talk oh, about it? Yeah. Did you movie. guys get the vibe they were trying to make a movie off of this? Like, I don't know. Like, the, like we have a whole team. Let's do this. I don't know. It felt like they were They are actually, I didn't look it up. At the very end, the end credits, mm-hmm. when it shows him with the other people, that's right. a crew from the comics. That's what, I can't remember that. I, exactly and i don't know the name either but i remember watching that i was like well they're making a movie now you know like you got sylvester stallone which is a huge hollywood actor yes he oh talking about the ravagers the ravager no not well, the ravagers it's not the ravager it's, it was a certain sect of the ravagers and like they it, they had some good stars here i always thought oh they're gonna make something phase four or phase five with this i was always shocked and we never saw really anything come from this so i don't know like all the ones that like one dude the guy looked, who had the the shaman Di- diamond face that's what yeah, i was about Martin to say martinex yes. is his name yeah. yes and then the, the big guy the machine like, is called the mainframe that's who's voiced by miley cyrus miley cyrus yeah. I, what oh my gosh Which sorry I didn't, I didn't even catch that in the movie and oh I so they were all members of the team in the guardians of the galaxy in the comics like the original guardians of the galaxy but yeah. I, I feel like that's gonna pay off eventually i know i still thought when i saw that like they're gonna do something with this i and and speaking of which we saw nothing really come from that uh aisha i'm i shall call him adam which was post credits oh but my god yeah y- you know what i mean like i i know oh we, that's gonna be guardians 3 for sure adam uh, warlock uh, yes yeah. but i almost expected him in infinity war or endgame we never saw that i was just some of these i thought we were gonna see a little bit earlier than we are currently I, th- I think they actually had a script for Ad- adam in endgame or they, infinity war and yeah. they changed it it was he was supposed to be in Guardians two, but they just didn't have enough time for him. Oh wow! So they he said next the next time kind of. Mm-hmm. There was five end credits seen in this movie. Oh yes, yeah. there was. Oh my gosh! Let's hold on. Let me go. There's a moment where Craglin with the arrow. There's uh, there's the Adam Aisha, Warlock, Aisha with a warlock. There's teenage Groot. Like I am Groot. Stan Lee with the oh yes. that I thought that was a really brilliant cameo. Like it's funny, I didn't even realize I hadn't taken that note yet. And then when that showed up, I was so happy to see him. Um, What's the second time you see him? No, yep. what? What's the first time? Did I miss him? What's the first time he's in him? the actual movie? I mean, it's the same thing. Oh, sorry. About like, yes. oh, he's with the so watcher. That time I was a UPS or a FedEx driver. Sorry. Yes, when he's with the watcher, and he talks about the FedEx driver, and it makes me wonder though. Deep dive here. FedEx driver, Civil War, is Stan Lee. You know what I mean? Like, is he not just a cameo? Is he a huge integral part of the MCU? Well, a lot of people had a theory on this that he was a watcher. Yes, that's what I mean. Because the watchers are people that they maintain the order of everything and watch everything that's going on. Right. Oh, man. I, I love this cameo. Like, he had two parts. My apologies. I forgot all about that first part. But when he talks about the FedEx driver, mind blown. I, I, I thought, you know, real quick before we move on, though, that Stanley cameo, I thought it was a really, really cool scene. I thought it was funny, him out in space, just sitting there. And actually, Hot Toys made an action figure of him uh, with that spacesuit. And I've come close to buying it numerous times, but I can't justify that price tag. But. Oh, I bet. Uh, but Stan Lee, oh my gosh, it's it, this is a really, really good scene with him just kind of sitting there and uh, prominent almost in the MCU. It felt like the most integral he was in the timeline. So I really enjoyed this cameo. Me too. I yeah. thought it was simple, but he he had two scenes in the movie and they were very similar. Mm-hmm. But I love that they showed him with the Watchers because 
what the watchers are in the comics and also Stan Lee wrote majority of these comics. So he was the overseer of the comics. So I thought it was very well done with him being with the watchers. Yes. I agree. I, I like to think that all those different cameos are the same person. And then at the end, him getting stranded. Um, I'm, I'm in for it. Like, I like that that confirms that, like, I, I, I don't know. It makes me happy to think that you could put, all of those together and it would be like a Stanley origin story almost, you know? Yes. 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 Well said. Both of you. In the credits, he was also um, like his, his credit like name was Marvel universes watcher informant. So they don't actually call him a watcher, but he was like, the informant giving information to the watchers about everything going on. But I love yeah. that. He's so entrenched in it. I, I really dug that, but yeah, Craglin, um, you said entrenched and you dug that. I like that. Thanks. I don't even think you meant to do that. <laughs> oh, that's what I do. Guys. We haven't had the, but the oh. whole time. Oh, that, Nope. Too late. That's because Brandon just asleep over there. I know. All right. So, the, but Craglin, Aisha, teenage group, Stan Lee, there were so many. And then the, you know, the, um, the Ravagers with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, five in credits. It was kind of crazy all being thrown at you all at once. So I, I don't know. This was like, it almost felt like a, I don't know. Like I remember watching the movie. I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember, you know, watching it back. I'm like, hey, do I have five in credit scenes here? Like that, it felt like a lot, but didn't at the same time. So that's a compliment to the movie. So, And it's not even just that because you also see the, grandmaster dancing in the credits you see um there's somebody else that pops up in the end credits david oh. hasselhoff david yes. hasselhoff obviously and then um cosmo the space dog pops up for a second howard the duck i think pops up in the in the end credits and he was in contraxia as well mm-hmm. yes which do you guys know who that's voiced by yes seth Gr- uh, seth green yes that's gross i had no idea until i looked it up today yeah that city um contract is contractia place yes so in end game when they come through the portals Mm -hmm. they come through from contractia uh which group is it the guardians that come the ravagers the ravagers yeah i had no idea that's really cool in the background it's contractia awesome can we talk about did you know that ego was a bad guy when you watched this in 2017 i did 100 percent. something was up with him i felt it I, I honestly, I and go ahead. They hadn't built a villain in this movie yet either. So he comes on the scene and seems like a good guy. I don't know. Aisha and, and her crew at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's the could uh-huh. It could have been because Aisha well, almost it was felt too like, easy. Like they were easy. They were like almost there for comic. I, I understand that. I mean. but too easy. But you uh, still, it could have been a swerve. But ego immediately when I saw Kurt Russell. It's weird. I went back and forth. You know, Emmy was a. I knew. I, I didn't believe he was a villain. Hard Clint, no, I didn't. Clinton's hard yes, I knew. I was like, yeah, he's a villain. And then when I got to know him and he talks about his mom and everything and how they came to be and he talks about, I was like, maybe he's not so bad. I got lost in the the daddy thing. Like, daddy. I, I got lost in the, like, oh, he's throwing a ball with his dad. Poppy. Yeah. The big poppy. I was <laughs> No, I I, I was as soon as they threw the ball back and forth, I was like Peter Quill. I was like, no, he's a good guy. I don't care. We're good. So I I flipped back and forth. So this movie is actually I mentioned it in the last or not last, but in our podcast about 
Tyler seeing this, be, seeing a movie being filmed. Yeah. It was this one. So, oh, oh nice. Yeah. So they filmed in Georgia mm-hmm. for a lot of the scenes here. And he was there at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was sending me videos. And it reminded me in this one when um, Ego is taking over the worlds, when that blue stuff is like pushing through the. Through oh, Earth, yes, yes. And yes. the car at is. At a Dairy up. Queen of all places. If you're going to yes. take over the world, don't make it at Dairy Queen. Things are right, going to go right. awry. Yeah, sorry. But the part where the car, the people are in the car and it's pushed forward, he saw that scene being filmed. That's awesome. Which, and he sent me that. I saw it too. He sent me the video, but they had like a, of course, they added CG after, but of the car upright and being pushed and all the that. cars flipping. He saw all that. Do you know who's in that car? Kevin Bacon. <gasps> We're just like Kevin Bacon. Wouldn't it be great if it was? It wasn't. It was Peter's grandpa. It was oh, the same guy who what? played Peter's grandpa in the first one. Good catch, Emmy. I sh- I think I knew that, but I forgot all about it. So good catch. So at the very beginning of the first one, when his mom is dying and he, the his grandpa oh. takes the Walkman off, it's the same actor. Was um, it supposed to be his grandpa in this movie? Yes, because uh, Gunn wanted to like give the idea shoot. that his- Gunn wanted to shoot this. <laughs> no, Gunn wanted to um, give I control the- of that board. I can't. <laughs> Come on down. The price is right. <laughs> he wanted to give the idea that, that his grandpa is doing okay without Peter there, and like he's still still thriving, still kicking, still alive. There's, but just barely didn't make it, or just barely, almost didn't make it. Barely, almost didn't make it. All right. <laughs> There's two scenes I want to talk about, and they're kind of on the flip side of one another, real quick. So uh, you know, there's a moment with Neb. Hit me. There's a moment with Nebula and Gamora where they're fighting and uh, Nebula attempts oh, to yeah. murder basically Gamora and they're fighting and they're like basically just at odds with one another. And then Nebula screams out this one line and maybe it's hokey. I, I got chills watching it. Sorry. Got to get to more of my chill scenes where I just wanted a sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. A very felt, emotional scene. I had this in my notes. This fight was the, this was the turning point for them. I felt it. Uh, it yes, I did sir. Too. Yes, sir, Clinton. I agree. Sorry. It was the turning point for their relationship yes. where they start treating each other right and are on the same team. Mm-hmm. And I felt that when, because I was watching this with my friend and she, you know, I, I said, This, I feel so bad for Nebula. Because she was always tortured. And she said, well, Gamora was too. And I said, but not to the extent because she always won. And she said she had to win so she wouldn't get tortured. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Seeing this finally like fleshed out and seeing them, it comes to a head here. And they're both angry, but it's all on Thanos. And they come to that resolution. And she says, I just wanted a sister because she's (laughs) the younger one. And she was hurt by it. And Thought she would take her side against Thanos, but they were both trying to survive. It was a powerful scene. I I loved it. I've got nothing. Yes, yes, and yes. Sorry. Yes. 100% same. And that was one that I like double, triple starred in my notes. Like it was like that, Mm -hmm. that was, yeah, I would not call that corny at all. And I really feel like that's a tipping point for their relationship that follows through throughout the entire MCU 
Yes. yes. Well, well said, Clinton. And, uh, and uh, with also your friend being there and given that context, I completely agree with her too. Wonderful, wonderfully said. Um, there, there was also there, this is also a different side of the spectrum where this hit hard, where Gamora and Nebula had a breakthrough to me. One of my favorite, probably my top two, three favorite scenes in this entire movie is when, when, Star Lord is looking, or excuse me, Rocket is needing tape. <laughs> and he goes, Let me go check for tape. And like, he goes, <laughs> And I just, it's so funny. Yadu, Gamora, do you have any tape? No? Okay. Or he goes, Oh, oh, never mind. Never mind. Yadu, do you have any tape? And Drax, do you have any tape? Yeah, Scotch tape will do. Then why would you ask me if Scotch tape will do? <laughs> just like it was. My- so- my I'm, friend hated this. Scene. Oh, I couldn't stop laughing because it's like something you never see with these heroes before, like these awkward moments or, hey, how did you get scotch tape here? Like, I felt like it was like unveiling the curtain a little bit. She was like, why wouldn't he just take the button off that would end it? And why would he put a button on there that would do it immediately? Mm-hmm. It's and, rocket. <laughs> it's rocket. And That's I wild. said, well, I probably couldn't take the button off because it would detonate immediately, you know. And she was, or like, there's still the, the 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 function you can still press in to make it happen. The button doesn't yeah, make and, it happen; it's the actual and, controls that make it happen. And then she was like, "It's rocket; he could do it." Like, uh, that's why not wrong. doesn't he just put the button to detonate? Right. Also, I don't know if you guys have ever put tape over buttons, but it doesn't make them harder to push. No, well, it's I, not that. I think it was more for Groot's understanding of like, not this one. That's like, exactly. Oh, that's well, exactly no, no, no. what I took away from it. Aside from the site, the fight scene, like that first one, mm-hmm. this with the bomb and little Groot is the greatest of all time. When I tell you that I identify with Rocket in this scene, oh. I said this scene to so many people to say that this is what I do every single day this is exactly what teaching is like they can look at you and they look like they are so listening <laughs> the only thing going on behind their eyes is and tiktok challenges uh, like i mean kids i see out in town just uh, uh, uh-huh <laughs> they're just <laughs> dancing so it's ridiculous. Ra-ta-ta-ta. Can I talk? But, oh, sorry. Go on, Amy. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I also really enjoyed the line. We're going to have a real discussion about your language because also teaching guardians <laughs> of the freaking galaxy. It reminded me. Of- Only oh, he no. didn't say freaking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but then the, the point that you guys made about the scotch tape, I, I, get where Clinton's coming from, but I enjoyed the perspective once again. And Marvel no, does I- this. Where the battle is raging outside and you are just looking at Rocket and Groot staring at each other and he's like scratching his arm and yeah, it's good. It's a cute play with perspective. No, I like it because you're, you're exactly right. The perspective of it is yes. like what's going on behind the scenes. Yes, there's a big battle and we always see the big battles, but we don't see like the little talk between the people. Yeah, like Between the people fighting and yes. what the stakes are. Like that was the most important thing to be done and they were leaving it to baby group who don't understand a lot yet <laughs> because he's the well, only one that can fit in the crevice basically yeah he which is a callback which is a callback for stealing stuff yeah yep this is this movie is so layered, layered. with yes so it was a it was oh. almost a wink to quill with yondu so i gotta show you real quick though like my name is Mary Poppins, y'all. That's my that's my shirt. I know it's really favorite hard. scene of the movie. That's that, my favorite scene of the movie. That's hard to read, but I have a shirt 
right now that I'm wearing that. Uh, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Excuse me. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That That is my shirt. And I, as soon as I heard that, where he goes, you look like Mary Poppins. Uh, that's a, that's also a Clinton moment. Like, there's a scene where he's, like, lowering <laughs> and Clinton's, like, trying to make it lighthearted. And he goes, is he cool? And that beautiful moment where he goes, hell, yeah, he's cool. And he goes, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> and that I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I bought a T-shirt for that because that moment when he doesn't know who Mary Poppins is, and that's not the point. He's my son or the guy, the kid I've raised is calling me cool, whether he does, he understands it fully or not. And it was such a that that gave me chills. It was like uh, I was smiled with a tear in my eye. Like it was just such a beautiful moment between Yondu and Star Lord here. It. It cracks me up. It cracked me up back in the day. It made me laugh a lot. And right. then I was expecting it this time and I'm watching it and um, it wasn't as, I mean, it's still funny, but I didn't laugh out loud like I did in the theaters. But one part I forgot about when they all land and the, it pans around them and then that thing flies out and just knocks. And hits Mantis. <laughs> watch out, Mantis. I laughed so hard because <laughs> Mantis, I wasn't watch out. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't expecting it again. Yes. And it it not only not it doesn't knock her off screen. It hits her head and she plows to the ground and you can still see her. <laughs> She's gone. And it made me laugh so hard. She is gone. <laughs> it's so- I, uh, I'm surprised that you guys didn't look at me after the you look like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Because I almost had an issue with that, but I'm gonna let it go because I like Yondu and I I liked I liked that scene. Mm-hmm. I liked. I feel like maybe that was the way that he was raised, and I'm gonna give it to him because he. I think that you read into things a lot, and you don't have to. Probably, yes, probably. <laughs> Confirmed. I, mean, I do it too in different ways. But probably, we very all do true. it. We all do it. But what I'm saying is, I'm giving it to him. I think that Yondu deserved that moment, and like Brandon said, his kid just called him cool. And does that ever happen? I don't think so. So, like, he was living in that moment, and I'm gonna let him live it there. Um, I want to yeah. know. I want to know. I want to know the issue you almost had. So I want to talk. I want to talk about it. Did she cry? Oh, because. Obviously, it's got to be a he if he's cool. I took it the opposite. He didn't see gender. Like, he, Mary is obviously a female name for the most obviously. part. Right? But could, he no, was, no, I'm saying it could be it could be fluid. It could be, but it's not common. Mary is not a common male name. I mean, I knew a Tyler in middle school that was female. Well, yeah, and there's Shannon. There's a lot of names, but I'm, I'm, I don't think I've heard Mary. But it was, is he cool? Like he wasn't even thinking about that. He was thinking about, are they cool? Is okay, yeah. Whoever is it he? Is, Im- okay, is okay. it impressive? See, like I said, I was giving it to him. Anyway. No, I just, I, I wasn't arguing. I just wanted to hear the perspective because I wanted, I wanted to say what I thought on yeah. why he said that. Like he wasn't even focused on that. And I think that on was the, the point okay. because Mary is a common female name. And he said, is he cool? Because he wasn't focused on that. He was just fi- trying to find out. Is it cool? Like period. He wasn't thinking about the person. I guess he just wanted I to mean, know if it was cool. So he could I, impress his son. Well, I guess in that instance though, I mean, obviously grammar is not his strong suit. So he could have said, are, are they cool? He reminds me of a progressive grandparent. So the way he talks, like 
that's my son. And, you know, he always says son. And he was around, uh, I don't know who Sylvester Stallone's character's name is. Oh, Stakar. Stakar. At, at the end of the that's movie. That's what I said. <laughs> at I said, the end I of the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Emmy said Starku. I it said Stucko. Uh, Stakar, Starku, Starko, or Stucku. You can Stucko. vote. Yeah, you can vote on our Twitter or Instagram if you'd like. <laughs> Let us know. But he he says son at the end of the movie, and it made me think about him being around him, and that's why he says son all the time. Yeah. Like, he, just reminds me of that guy that, like like I said, like a progressive Okay, so like kind of like, like how every, like I'll call everybody dude. Like, I don't care what your gender is, you're a dude. Hey, son! Yeah, like that yeah, okay, country okay. guy that's just... He's he's open to new ideas and learning, but he he's got his terms. Like he don't mean he's anything by yeah. he's stuck in his ways of talking. That's a but really, he's open minded. I, I gotcha. That's okay. a really good way to look at it, Clinton. Because I never thought of it, but yeah, now that you say that, I can totally see Yondu being that. Yeah, his arc in this movie was huge because he was just. We see more behind the scenes of Yondu. We see, and we talked about it earlier in the podcast. But to kind of go back around to it, where Yondu. Gave his life for Peter. I'm sorry. You can say, well, he treated him this or treated him that. You gave your life for someone else. It, it, That's all Yondu knew, too. Right. He didn't know how to be a dad. Right. He didn't know how to. There's Then he passes. I mean, he didn't eat him. Yeah. Well, then he, well that was one. a joke. That was a joke. I know, I know, but that's definitely step one. But apparently, and I love that too, that Peter took it literally Mm -hmm. as a kid, because as a kid, everything's new to you and the world's new to you. And and everything's real. Take things literally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, they carried it, but it's hard to think that it's just a joke when he brought it up in guardians one, he's like these Terran wanted to, or these, they wanted to eat you. They ain't ever tasted Terran before. It still felt like Mm -hmm. a threat in the first movie, not a joke, but just, but I also think when Craglin hands, him the zoom at the end of the movie and father and son by cat stevens plays and the funeral and the fireworks and just like that celebration was beautiful who who cried i got really choked this time 2020 not this time 2017 i did 2017 i had a tear but this time chills up and down and a lump in my throat for sure i thought thank god this movie's over so i can get to the podcast thank god because you get to talk to clinton or brandon and emmy (laughs) you're clinton (laughs) you're clinton i'm brandon i talked to myself too so that's not too far-fetched (laughs) touche i i 100 percent cried last time and this time that's beautiful though that's awesome there's nothing wrong with that i think that's so beautiful and then it's like this this is one where it's not just like okay and then he touches his face and he's gone but then there's also like the whole funeral and you see did you guys notice that they they showed the frog from the first movie yes the little trinket the blue frog yes little crystal frog and then they have the troll doll which Mm. is the same one from the orb at the end of the first movie beautiful callbacks um, and the I ashes also, turn into the arrow out in space. Yes, yes. It's beautiful. It's so, I mean, there's nothing wrong with tear. That's beautiful. Like, if it, it, yeah, it was just too long. It was like not. No, okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean that as a critique. No, it was like had it been like moment, and I teared up and like could move on. But it was like it was just like Drawn and Craglin got the arrow, and he had that voice crack where he was like. And then he gave that the uh, that other guy, <laughs> Peter Quill. That other guy. Was he yeah. in the movie much, Peter Quill? Speaking of, um, so I think they wanted to highlight 
every character's emotion with this, with it being long. Yeah, but, yeah, and I appreciated it. I let me too. tell you guys this, and I'm going to say this on recording, even mm. though it's here we, here we go. Uh-oh. Um, so when my dad passed away, we played, <laughs> we played Freebird, which was his favorite song by Leonard Skinner, and it was a song that he always wanted played at his funeral. It's very fitting and powerful and emotional, and I, I have a hard time even listening to it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However. We had the playlist for the funeral at the funeral packed, right? My dad was loved by many amazing man, miss him, but we did not get the radio version of this song to download on CD for the funeral. So it was the extended version that is like, like the seven, 15 minutes minute. long oh, the and there's a guitar riff all the way through it. That's what we played at the funeral. And even then, a morning sun was like, oh, God. I was like, down. I was like, why? This guitar solo is very awkward at a funeral home. <laughs> I'm not laughing oh at the. God. No, you can laugh. I'm like, not that's, laughing that's at the, the moment. Like, I'm it, laughing that Clinton's like, can you just cut it, please? Can like, we it was just so awkward. Like, everyone's mourning, and the, the song is powerful, and it's great, but it just kept going. And I was like, it's. It's, it's weird. It got weird for a minute. It's so weird because I don't know. Maybe in 2017 it felt a little long, but this one it didn't feel that long. I mean, it just felt like there's a funeral going on and there's bigger, there's other dialogue. I think they were just trying to highlight everyone's reaction. Right. I didn't feel I'm like not, it was that long. I'm not long. saying it's too Yes, you long. are. Yes, no, you are. No, you're I'm, terrible. Oh no one likes you and you're being mean. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's too long. I love you. I'm, I'm just saying kidding. that it was so long that it made me cry. Oh, like, there was no relief. That's what in she between. said. Oh, <laughs> no, no, that was a badum ching for sure. That's a double wah, wah, wah. That, but that, it was like, I, I cried when he actually, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then it was like it kept going. I just and like the the eulogy that um um that I, why can't I remember his name? Who Peter Quill? Golly, Star Lord Peter Quill. You get you have two names to choose from. I don't know why I can't remember his name. I feel like that's probably I don't know. Uh, he's no Tony Stark, but no, I loved his eulogy. Where it's oh, like, can I quote that, that please? Whole, can I please yeah, go for that? it? Sorry. There's, I, I only wrote two pieces of dialogue. It was the, when he was giving, like he was, I ain't your father, but I was your daddy or something. But I told Gamora how I was a kid. I pretended David Hasselhoff was my dad. Earlier, it struck me. He didn't have a talking car, but he had an arrow. He didn't have an amazing voice, but he had an amazing whistle. Both had kick-ass adventures and hooked up with hot women and fought robots I guess David Hasselhoff ended up being my dad after all. Only it was you, Yondu. Sometimes that thing you're searching for your whole life is right there by your side all along, and you don't even know it. And that's and it was like okay, and now I'm crying. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And like yeah. when when Groot goes, I am Groot, and he goes, he did call you Twig. Like Rocket talks to. Uh, it, it's a beautiful, powerful scene, and. Chris Pratt's performance deserves to uh, to be applauded here because I thought it was so heartfelt. It was so genuine. And Emmy, after your point with his own father during Jurassic mm-hmm. World, it hits me even harder thinking about it now. And it was just a beautiful like, hey, 
as someone who didn't have the dad and just him talking about how he pretended his dad was a superhero or super David Hasselhoff with a Knight Rider and it, it hits, it really hits. And it was just a beautiful it moment. Slaps. It, it really does. slaps. It does. It does. Yeah. And just when he like, I guess my dad was David Hasselhoff, you know, and it wasn't the blood, you know, it wasn't blood. It was the person that was there for me all along. And, uh, I think we all have someone in our life. Maybe, I don't know where, maybe they're not blood, but they've been there all along. And, uh, Sometimes you just take those those people or those moments for granted, and it was just it was really beautiful, really beautiful. So sorry, Emmy. Uh, just that dialogue. I ha- I wrote like only two quotes in this entire movie. I had to quote that one because I thought that eulogy was a beautiful scene. So I yeah I agree. And like I said, I'm not saying it was too long. It was so long it made me cry, and that's what I didn't like about it. Yeah, gotcha. Well, not not that I didn't like about it. Obviously, like I don't I don't like to tear up during movies. You're a strong, independent. Yeah, I don't need this crying crap. But I did. This one This one hit me. Um, I did find it interesting that one of the badges that they have on him before they send him off into space, and they had a lot of, like, it was U.S. badges that they put on him, but one of them was a U.S. Air Force missile maintenance badge, which is lovingly called a pocket rocket because it goes <laughs> on the pocket. And it looks like a rocket, um, but it's for anybody who has worked with guided missiles. Oh, that's really cool! Actually, I love that. Which it's a- is fun because he had that little arrow. That's actually really awesome, and it's those yeah. th- those those winks and those nods to you know like the the story, but also the characters. I think. Y- I love that you caught that because I think those those moments within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a lot of people overlook that. And just to pause and reflect, I'm like, man, they think so beyond the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really, really beautiful. Um, so we've kind of talked about a lot of things going on in this movie, but I don't think we've talked about the credits names, Emmy. <laughs> we talked about five credit scenes. Is there something you want to touch on before we get there, though? You you Just curious. I... There's a lot. Okay. I still feel like I have a lot that I want to talk about. Let's talk about it. This is a podcast. Let's go for it. Okay. So I feel like we kind of need to talk a little bit about casting. Yeah. We haven't talked about Mantis or Ego. I was going to say there was really not much difference except two characters, which is Mantis and Ego. So um, obviously let's start with Ego with Kurt Russell and Mm -hmm. we'll get to Clinton too, but Kurt Russell as Ego, the living planet, and also kind of the fitting name, Ego, what did you think of Kurt Russell's casting? I thought he was great. I think that he, I think that was a perfect casting choice. And I do have a list of people that were also considered for that part that I was trying to think of like, oh, how would they do it? Mm -hmm. And it was not as great. Yeah. I I also think that Kurt Russell now and back then with the de-aging technology, he is He's a beautiful man. Yeah, as far as casting choice for Kurt Russell, I thought just it's so funny when he goes like like he's immediately introduced and he's arrogant right away. You know, mm-hmm. and he goes, "I'm ego. I'm your dad." I was like, "Oh my gosh, Kurt Russell's perfect for this." And also back in 1980 with Meredith Quill, the de-aging was amazing. Uh, so both old Kurt Russell, new Kurt Russell, perfect casting so for casting choice for kurt russell as ego clinton what was your thoughts perfect it was good he uh he nails it 
And the de- yeah, the de aging was probably the best Marvel's done mm-hmm. to date. Agreed. On, I mean, it looked real. It <laughs> that was Kurt like, Russell. <laughs> yes, yeah. it did. Um, they did. Well, y'all didn't think so, but I thought in the um, Civil War they did good with young Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I don't know why they couldn't get Peggy right back in the day, but maybe we just weren't there yet. Yeah, the technology the it seems like there. it's getting better and better and better. I mean, like we're talking about Kurt Russell in 2017 looking like Kurt Russell back in 1980. It was wonderful. I said they, Peggy Rogers, Peggy Carter. Oh, I did that too, darn it. Damn it. And you held it against me. I should have held it against you. They have a reference point for a younger Robert Downey Jr. They don't have a reference point for a older Haley Otwell. Well, why Haley don't they at well at well? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Why don't they go to nineteen or two thousand sixty and find out? Gosh, come well, on! Well, they didn't have a reference point for old Chris Evans either, and he looked good. That's that a- was three years later. <laughs> oh, three years. But Sorry, to, but to your point, Clinton, that's a very good point. Like you know, I think also the technology. Actually, it was. Yeah, you're right. That, three years later. But I thought the technology progressed so much where they got much better with it. But we also have to talk about Mantis. I mean, to your point. Wait. Oh, Do we want to hear about the rejects? There was rejects okay. to ego? Not rejects, but there were a lot of people that they considered for ego. Who? Who? Because I think Kurt Brandon Russell, Berger. Talk about a crappy casting choice. Total <laughs> That's reject. The biggest ego I know. I love you. <laughs> Why does he not fight with me anymore? I want him to fight with me, and he says, love you. You have no idea how much I love you. You really don't. Uh, stop it. It's my I heart. Hate, I, I hate you. There's Rocket. <laughs> There's Rocket right there. He loves me. Don't tell me you love me. I'll project away. <laughs> you know, sorry. Who was rejected as ego? I, I, because uh, first off, before you get to that list, Kurt Russell, good job. That's all I'm going to say. I thought, yeah. I thought oh, yeah. great casting. Sorry. So keep yes. going. He did a very good job of, obviously, because I thought that he was a good guy because there were too many other bad guys. Like he had the Ravagers after them, the Sovereign after them. They had Nebula after them. Like, I just thought that they couldn't add another bad guy. And so he did a good job of playing the good guy. And then when he turned to the bad guy, he turned yes. to the bad guy. Yes. Um. So, and I, I say rejects, and that is just a very rude thing to me of me to say. Um. But people who were also considered Gary Oldman, Christoph Waltz, Alec Baldwin, Ron Perlman, who is also Hellboy, right? Who I uh, yes, but I could see Alec Baldwin. I could see that. Really? Yes. Oh, Baldwin? Oh, yeah. I can see that. All right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, no, Robert No, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, sorry. No. Anyway, keep going. No Arnold and no Bruce Willis. Yeah. No. Yeah, Agreed. I agree. Agreed. I, I agree. Mel Gibson, Liam Neeson. And do you guys want to know who passed on this role to play another role? Someone passed on this role to play another role? In the MCU? No. On ego, yes, passed Ooh, on ego to, to play, play another role. Oh, who will won? you tell us the role they passed for too? Um, the gunslinger. Okay, and it was it? in a movie with Idris Elba. Who is it? Oh, don't tell Matthew. me McConaughey. That's what I was gonna say because I watched that movie. Ah, darn it! I wouldn't have liked him as ego. 
No, no. It, he's not old enough either. Like that would have made sense. They're like ten years it's apart. That's what, what I tell you, son. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah. No, it would have made any sense. No, Kurt Russell for the win. That out of yeah. all those you listed, I'm very happy Kurt Russell got that part. And I'm completely agreed. And if McConaughey got it, I'm glad he passed it. That was a stupid choice. I'm not sure if he had 100% been offered the role, but he was in talks of getting it and had he, to pass. He was previously. Go, yeah. To go do Lincoln commercials. Yes. <laughs> Speaking oh, of. I, have you Go seen ahead. the Jim Carrey Lincoln commercial? Uh, yes, spoofs? SNL skit. Oh, they're For so SNL, good. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I just had to bring that up because those cracked me up. Did you see? Got? Did you see that it leaked? They cast um, Kang the Conqueror. Yes, they did. Oh, I did see that. I thought maybe that... we should leave that for a news. E- we need some more news episodes. Let's, hey, maybe next week. Maybe we'll do that. Just a little fun break because I don't think uh, Black Widow is going to release in November. Let's just be real there. Um, but yeah, I, I I really thought. I don't know. I thought the casting was really really well. Can we talk about Mantis though, real quick? And please, if I'm butchering this name palm clementoff or clementif i would have said clementif clementif okay but her as also butchered it yeah and who if we're butchering it uh, our sincerest apologies but i thought as mantis mantis excuse me she grew on me as this movie like when i first saw this i was like "Eh, okay eh." and then like at the end of this movie i'm like i love her and her in infinity war i loved her uh i just all right guardians let's put on our mean faces and i just she has grown on me so much. Palm, I think, wonderful, 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 wonderful. I know she's not an ideal character. She's not the biggest superhero, but the innocence and then her just like her. She's so empathetic. Yes, and she's an empath. And it, yeah, it, I I love Palm as Mantis. Uh, it very. I did not know who she was before this. I don't know who she is after this. And I don't mean any disrespect. I don't know. I've never seen her in any other movie besides Guardians and Avengers. But wonderful, wonderful work. And she's done a great job. So, Palm, you, you're awesome. I I liked her in this role in this movie. The character of Mantis, they dumbed down her powers a lot in this movie. And she's not like this in comics at all. Right. But it, it worked for the... Uh, MCU the group yeah well for the group in this movie oh gotcha gotcha mm, that makes sense I do I think that that actress really played this character very well mm-hmm. and she also voiced herself in the French version <laughs> because she's a fen- French nice. actress good for her um, they also and I'm not sure if this is a comic thing but they wanted to make her orange okay mm. I did. Which go balls like yeah, hell yeah, good old Rocky Top, yeah. But that would have looked really, really odd. Um, she, uh, no, she was, she was skin colored, like she was skin colored. She was <laughs> human colored. Like oh, she she's was, yeah, she's human in the comics, but they decided not to go with that because they wanted um. Peter to be the only person who had um, earthly ties. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So she had the same skin tone. <laughs> she doesn't look the same. Don't get me wrong, but she has the basically the same skin tone, which is nice. It took her basically from a sex worker. Well, too. some, some comic iteration, she's green. Oh, but I think they got enough green people. I agree. Gamora. That would have been confusing. 
Oh yeah, totally. I'm I'm glad. I honestly thought she looked great. I thought her character looked good. I thought she fit right into the world. And like where they talk about like, you know, uh, why is there no other beings on this planet? You know, why would a uh, a a dog invite a flea? And, and he goes, "Well, you're on this." Or I think it was Gamora. I'm a flea with a purpose. And just like I don't know, there was so many lines. And when she, you know feels Drax and that moment where she is uh, on star Lord and it's like, you feel love, sexual love for her <laughs> and Drax busts out laughing. Oh, you must Loses be it. so embarrassed right now. Oh, it was just so, it was so good. I thought it was amazing when she, when Drax laughs, that was in the trailer as well. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. She's just busting out laughing as well. She, she puts her hand on and they're both laughing at Quill. It, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed Palm as as Mantis in multiple different times in this movie. So awesome stuff. I yeah, one hundred percent. I I thought yeah, they did really great again with casting. Yeah, the two new characters that they needed to cast. Um, I I have a question for you guys. Yeah, going into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, what songs? Do we want on that soundtrack? I need some Seeker. Okay. What are you thinking? Are you thinking a little night moves or are you thinking? uh, I don't think night moves would fit anywhere. Um, I really would. Maybe like a travel scene with like turn the page or something. Oh, turn the page. Oh, that's a good song. Oh, that's a really good question. Emmy. if I could pick one song that is not on there. Oh, uh, let me hold on. I'm 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 doing this. I'm checking out. I'm going to my ooh CCR Bad Moon Rising would be a good one. Ooh, that would be a good one. Okay, okay. I I'm saying this just as a person who loves these songs. But you guys mentioned Safety Dance earlier. I uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Can we not? Yeah, go for it. I think. I think that would be a great song. I safety dance. I've got two songs. Okay, I've got two songs. First, Midnight Rider by the Almond Brothers Band. You know, I feel like that's okay. a Star Lord song. I could see him doing something. Midnight Rider all day, but I could also see because we've seen what happens with Gamora and how she kind of loses herself with it in game and everything, and she kind of comes back and she's in the past. She, so lose yourself by Eminem. Stop. <laughs> she re- rediscovers her feelings. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, can't stop this feeling anymore by, uh, excuse me. I can't fight this blue. feeling. Oh, blue I, can't, suede. I can't find this. I can't fight this feeling by REO Speedwagon. I can't fight uh, this feeling anymore. I've forgotten what would... I've started fighting for. Yeah, that is so Gamora and it's Starlight. not classic enough though. What? It's in this like, what? Can't that's fight like, this feeling. That's by... like 90s. No, yeah, that's Ario Speedwagon can't fight this feeling. Are you guys kidding yeah, me? Yeah, but but nineties grown more grown in the nineties. We're talking eighties and back. Do you know when Can't Fight This Feeling came out? Nineteen eighty four, guys. Oh, it's that old. Yes, uh, I, I thought th- that was nineties. Well, I don't know what's wrong with you both, but no, that is not a nineties no. song. It's well, a nineteen nineteen eighty four. Quill was use the. 
fuck out of me. You should. I can't believe you're like, that's 90s. It's not Matchbox I 20. I thought it was 90s. Oh, it's such I a good song. I didn't say it was Matchbox 20. Well, that's 90s. That's all I think I could think of that was 90s. But like, yeah, those two songs. Uh, oh, We Built This City by Starship. We Built This City. Uh, I don't know. Isn't anymore. that voted like one of the worst? I don't care. Rock songs of all time. It's one of probably. the best in my heart. Brandon likes it, so it probably was. <laughs> I think, and I'm not really sure how they would ever make it fit. And so I appreciate Clinton for like trying to figure out a scene, and Brandon for trying to figure out a scene that it would make that it would work. But I love the song "Come On Eileen" by Dexas Midnight Runners. Ooh. Come on, Eileen. Oh, uh, I could see. Uh, yes, it's too specific though. Oh, but Brandy. They say it's a brandy. You're a fine girl. Fun fact that the lyrics in that song match perfectly to what Ego did. What Ego did to his mom. The lyrics in Come On Eileen make no sense whatsoever, if we're being honest. I'm going to read the lyrics. Can I tell you guys a joke? Yeah. Okay. So I I went to a bar the other night and they played Jump. So I jumped. I had a. They played Shout. So I shouted. And they played Come On Eileen, and I got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> you win. Hold on. Hold on. I almost did the one. I almost I hit the wrong button. I got the laughter in there. Sorry. That is good. That was a good one. One of my favorite jokes. For a minute, one of my favorite I, songs. For a minute, I forgot you were telling a joke. I was like, why did you go to a bar in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> Are you serious, Emmy? Oh my goodness! So it's cool. I got kicked out. Kicked out. <laughs> so the song "Jump." I used to have a boss. Every time I would walk in a room, he would go dun 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 dun. <sighs> really? He did that? Yes, he did that. I'm so sorry because of my last name. Oh, that's even more stupid. That's <laughs> that's why he did it. I know, but is, it's still stupid. Which is, come on, Eileen. That's so weird that he would play that song. Yeah, your last name is Clinton. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> I ne- I would never. <laughs> so, you know, to get to the the credits, uh, Emmy, I'm you're a- really trying. I'm not. I'm not there yet. Emmy, how many how many things do we have to get to? I have I have one thing that I don't know that you guys caught. Okay. I have. A couple of things. So we have three. A, a couple of cameos. We got three and things. Then, and then we've got credits. And oh, I know okay. you're yawning. I'm not yawning. I'm not yawning. Okay, first, two cameos. Go. Two two cameos. Okay, so no, I've got three cameos. Three cameos. Go. All right. So we had the guy who yells down there at the beginning of the scene where they sing come a little bit closer. Uh-huh. And the arrows going through all the people. Yeah. Um his name is Richard Christie, and he's in heavy metal bands. Maybe you guys know him because I don't. I don't. Not off the top of my head. No. Well, anyway, he's he's credited in the credits as Richard Christie and in quotes down there because that's the only line that he says. Okay. He's in heavy metal bands like Scorch Walls of the Garden of Blood. Oh, I would not know that. That's so. it's not the actual name. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I would never know. <laughs> that, that was me going way, way too far. Um. Uh. He was also on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Um, Rob Zombie is on here. What? So, yeah. As an unseen Ravager, he apparently voiced some part in Un- this movie. Unseen Ravager, so he's not even on screen? Mm-hmm. Wow. So he just did the voices. He also voiced a part in the first one and is voicing a part in the third one. 
That's like this is like like him and and is it James Gunn? That's James why Gunn, I only say Gunn. The writer and director, yeah. So yeah. I guess they're friends. They're friends, and so he just keeps popping up. Who was the third cameo? The third and fourth. Four cameos. Who's the third out of the fourth cameo? The third cameo. Um, so when they're down at the DQ and they're all like, oh, the DQ got taken out. So I'm going to go down here and do the looky-loo. Um, two of those people are James Gunn's mom and dad. Um, and they are credited as weird old man and weird old man's mistress. Oh, that's uh, I love that they're credited for that. Yeah. Um, and then finally, there's a sovereign admiral. Who is Ben Browder from Farscape, which I don't know if you guys have ever had the unpleasure of watching that show. No? Okay. It's the nerdiest thing that I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Jim Henson actually worked on some of the aliens for it. So, like, that was probably the coolest part about it. But uh, one of my exes was, like, obsessed with it and kept trying to get me into it and didn't love it. But apparently James Gunn did. And so he got the main character from Farscape to be on this which is like one of like six different people that were also in stargate Mm -hmm. there's another nerdy sentence i never thought i'd say um what was that one scene that we didn't touch on that you were wanting to talk about at the very beginning he's looking at this device josh y'all catch this no yeah the the device that he's using to track that interdimensional being yes i caught it yeah what it's it? a Mattel football yes. yeah. game from what? the 80s. I did not catch that. Good catch. Yeah. I would not have caught that. All right. We have made it through four cameos and the Mattel football opening scene and an Emmy eye roll to boot. So we are at the credits. I still have things to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and seven hours podcast. <laughs> uh, Emmy, w- any funny credits names? I did not get any. I did not have the time, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I'm so sorry. I didn't get a chance to really. Yeah. What do you got? Linton, did you get any? I don't do it out of respect for you because this is your thing. Yeah, because I do it because I have no respect for you. So, yeah. Now, I seriously don't do it because I want to hear what you get. Okay. Well, I've only got four this time, and I'm I'm trying to tone it down just a little bit, I feel like. Um, So, first one is our lead animator. His name is William Rocky Benoost, which... If I was in a film with Sylvester Clinton's Stallone, like, maybe I should start writing some. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start doing it. Okay. But if I was in a movie with Sylvester Stallone, you bet your ass I'm taking out the Rocky. Yeah. Like in quotations in the middle of my name because there's one Rocky and his name is Sylvester. Damn Stallone. Hell yeah. 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 All right. I um, would break you. That's yeah, not pretty Rocky. much. Well, it's in the Rocky. No, movie. but I will break Rocky is the point. That's from the Rocky movie. I understand. Don't Clinton, shit on me, but it's not Rocky. Okay. Jeez. I will break him is the point. I will break Rocky. Yeah. I'll, I'll snore while you talk. Story. My been life. All right. We also had a set costumer. Her name was Sarah Cobbledick. Yeah. Wait, what? I can, re- I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, that's with a C, Cobbledick. <laughs> did, did you know it was with a C before you said you could relate? No, but if people get it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going, Emmy. <laughs> All 
right. We also have an animator. Um, his, I'm assuming, I'm assuming here, um, at me if you are not male, but his name is Tickum Porn T PayPal. Ah, Porn PayPal. Gotcha. Porn PayPal. That's what I picked up too. Yeah, those were the keywords for Clinton and I. You know where our brains go. <laughs> Tickum Porn T PayPal. Oh, okay. T PayPal. T PayPal. Okay. All cool. right. Porn PayPal. <laughs> yeah. And also then, known as OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then finally, our specialty <laughs> costume fabricator yeah. is Joseph D's. D's what? Nuts! <laughs> <laughs> Got him! Got him! <laughs> Got him! <laughs> I promise you we're all adults. We may not be, but <laughs> these credits, uh, that is amazing. So wonderful, wonderful stuff, Emmy. So, you know, as we go back to this whole Guardians of the Galaxy, it, I think this was a fun ride. I thought it was, uh, you know, it's hard for me to say, oh, this one's better than the first one or the first one's better than this one. I do think the first one's better because of the new world. What a great fun movie. I was smiling 99% of the time during the movie and talking about this podcast. I've had a blast talking to you both about it. So awesome, awesome movie. So top five, Emmy, you, you think it's your top five. It's in there. 100%. Definitely top five. I, I love this movie and I definitely think it's better than the first one. Like I enjoyed the first glimpse Mm -hmm. and I get that for, you know, like the first Marvel's like Marvel's the Avengers. Like that movie will always hold a special place in my heart, but this one took all of the good stuff from the first one and just like put it on a new pedestal. Amy, or excuse me, Amy Clinton, kind of your 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 follow up with this movie. Uh, no, I think I get to go again. <laughs> final thoughts on everything, Clinton, before we head on out. Um, I like it. I like the the relationship part of it where they they give a lot of character arcs in this and really build on the family that is the guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest pet peeve I think was how, how they did ego. Mm-hmm. I love Kurt Russell. I like for the most part how, how they did it. I don't, I don't know. It just felt predictable with ego for me. Um, I hated, I didn't get to say this in the reg, like the most of the podcast. I did not like the final fight scene with him and ego. Oh Yeah. Gotcha. It, it felt. Yeah, I didn't like it. I love the Pac-Man reference. I did not like it. Just, I don't know. It felt campy to mm-hmm. me. I don't know. I agree. That part. I don't was know a, how to ex- explain it. It was. I agree. Sorry, but yeah, I, the buildup of the movie. There was a lot more um, important issues going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that they wanted to focus on. I don't think the final battle scene was what they wanted to focus on. So I don't try to critique it too much. Mm-hmm but it was a little anticlimactic for me. But aside from that, I, I do like the relationship building. I like that they build on this world. It's not as good to me as the first one for the same reason it is for you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. The first one really introduced us to that world. Yeah. But I love that we got to see the um, complications of the family that is the guardians mm-hmm. in this and like how they don't get along and they're dysfunctional, but they care about each other above everything else. And they've got each other. So it it was a good movie. It was impactful, uh, but still not in my top five for sure. Yeah. um, You know, I thought this movie, yeah, I I, I prefer the first one, but I have nothing against anyone that loves this as their top five. I thought 
we think of the world building and I agree with Clinton, what he said, but I think maybe he means this too, but the relationship building we see between multiple characters, Gamora and Star-Lord, uh, Drax and, uh, Mantis, uh, Rocket and Groove, Rocket and Yondu, uh, Yondu with Star-Lord. There's just multiple different layers. And Neb- Rocket and Star-Lord and, because of Rocket and Yondu. And Nebula and Gamora. There's yeah. so many different crisscrosses and I felt like they just kept... This felt like the family becoming more of a family. And sometimes that is hardships. That's disagreements. That's that's tough conversations. And sometimes it's just, hey, you're wrong here. Um, I, I thought it was really beautiful. I'm excited to see what they do with the third one. This didn't damper my excitement for seeing the Guardians later on in the uh, MCU, whether it was Infinity War in game. But especially with the third Guardians, I can't wait as well. So really just uh, a great movie. Uh, It's really, I I do love this movie. No, it's not my top five, uh, but I don't mean that. There's 23 of these movies. Well, you're wrong. (laughs) There's 23 of these movies, but the fact that one of us loves it in their top five, that to me is the biggest compliment in the entire world. Can't wait till we get to our top five episode. Yes. I am. I feel like we're all going to be different. Just an FYI, guys, we are going to do a top five MCU movies. When we get done with all these movies, we're going to have to have something to talk about. So Clinton's going to give his top five. Emmy's going to give her top five. I'm going to give my top five and kind of sharing. And I think it's going to be really a positive episode because I don't want to be like, well, it's not because that movie. No, I'm going to put everyone down. No, I think yeah, I'm bringing my boxing gloves. I'm going to say right here, I'm going to be a love fest because I, if it's in your top five, that's what I love. It's something you guys appreciate and you love. I'm putting Thor the Dark World there just to piss you guys off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the Hulk. And, this and is the all, Hulk. This, my top two yeah. are the Hulk. And Thor the Dark World. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My number one is Iron Man 3. <laughs> so. and, and the Hulk with uh, Eric Bana yeah. also. Yeah. My number one is Spider-Man 3 with yeah. Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my number one is definitely Mulan. Yes. Mulan. <laughs> oh, I like Mulan move on um so yeah yeah all right move on boycott mulan oh anyway so we'll it was just i don't know i'm really excited so great movie that's all i'm gonna say great movie uh next movie coming up because i didn't do this last episode so i felt like i let you know i had to post something on instagram to let everyone know spider-man homecoming is the next movie we're reviewing uh it's the next movie coming up on the mcu it is spider-man's first solo into the marvel cinematic universe cannot wait to review that so guys like a 17th solo ever all right well we need <laughs> at least we don't see have to see uncle ben die again Pray. That's, that's very true clinton keep talking yes 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 no um i'm excited about uh i'm excited about it i'm really excited about reviewing that movie uh spider-man homecoming personal favorite of mine one of my favorites so hey top five probably I'm not going to lie. So uh, uh, I'm excited to review that. So, hey, watch the movie. Get geared up. I had someone reach out to me from the podcast saying, hey, what are we reviewing? So uh, watch Spider-Man Homecoming. I know you guys like to watch the movies before we review them so you can kind of get a better refresher. So should be good. I don't think it's on Disney Plus. So wherever. It's not. And that's a problem for me because I'm going to have to buy it probably. Sony and Disney I'll send you a link. Okay. Well, okay. Thanks, boo. <laughs> it's going to be the same link that I used to. 
Okay. Anyways, yep. I've got the Blu-ray. I've got Spider-Man on Blu-ray. We're going to all watch it on Blu-ray because we're all responsible human beings and citizens. So yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. And Sony uh-huh. and Disney just need to hug it out. Yes. And stop being so stingy over Spider-Man. Please, if you like can. Now that you've got something good, you want to hold on to it. Watch Spider-Man Homecoming. We cannot wait to review it with you all. We cannot wait to talk to you guys. It's going to be a fun episode. Emmy Clinton, do we have any final words before we head on out? There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. Oh, excuse me. Wow. How fitting. Have a good one, guys. (laughs)